0: Welcome to the Jeff Gross Podcast. This episode is brought to you in partnership with Party Poker. Go to PartyPoker.com to play tournaments, cash games, and improve your poker game. Make sure you subscribe to the podcast to hear all of my future episodes. All right. Welcome, everyone. We are here for podcast number 52 on The Flow Show. We got Mike the Mouth, Mattisau. Mike, how are you doing? What's going on, buddy? How are you? Hanging in, man. Hanging in. Wild times, of course. But, uh, you know, we're home and, and we're, we're relaxing. So tell us what's going on, man. What, what have you been up to? You know, you're, a lot of people know you in poker from you've, charismatic. You've been playing for so long. You've been in the game. You're one of the, the players who withstood the test of time. Tell us what have you been up to lately? And then I want to dive back and look through your career and go over a bunch of stuff. But What, what have you been up to in the last weeks, months? Uh, well, it's, it's, it's kind of weird. So, um, I'll, uh,
1: I'll, I'll go back to, uh, I, um, was in, I mean, it's crazy, it's crazy as it sounds like I was in Washington, DC three and a half weeks ago. I was getting a West Wing tour. Um, we have, a I I got a lot of friends that are involved, you know, know a lot of people in Washington and, uh, and, uh, we went there for, um, Helmuth had a charity tournament that he goes to every year. So we stayed yep. at the, uh, we stayed at the, uh, uh, grand, uh, national MGM national Harbor. Yep. Really flashy. You're going to, and so, um, uh, uh, that was good. Um, they set up a poker game for us, played every day for three days. Uh, at nighttime, we, we did the West wing tour of the white house. Um, we're, we were actually supposed to meet the president on Friday, but, uh, he ends up getting, it's crazy. It's like, and, and this is like like that's why it's so weird what's going on here. It's like we we um uh, he ends up scheduling a rally in Vegas that he wasn't even supposed to have. So we end up missing him and uh we so we end up doing the White House tour though. It was fun me, me, my girlfriend, and Phil. And then um uh played a lot of poker there, uh did really good. Uh game I'm gonna tell you right now, I, I shouldn't probably advertise, but we're all living in the wrong state, okay? Washington MGM Grand Harbor has the greatest poker games on the planet. Sorry, I don't want to. I don't want to
0: like. Uh,
1: wow, that's uh, a
0: strong statement. What kind of games are you guys playing? Mixed games? Uh, no, no limit. I'm playing no
1: limit hold'em, quarter fifty hundred. Um, and um, they were good. I mean, they they said they run a game a couple days a week, sometimes three. You no, know, um, they don't like let everybody in. I guess. I guess they're. They're somewhat. They have a, a regular game, and then there's like a private game that goes once a week. But they, they play like two three times a week. But it was um it was good.
0: You know, what is what is uh what is like a date? So you have your now you have a podcast yourself called the M- the mouthpiece, which we're gonna take a look at here. I can put up on the screen um you have it on you well this is the youtube it's across all the different yeah. outlets as well on podbean spotify google play you, know, you, you it looks like you're putting a lot of time with that is that what i mean is this like where you're is this how did this come about because you're obviously having the name the mouth it makes sense that you should have a podcast okay. or- so, so how did um, this happen
1: so back in 2006 2007 2008 i was uh i had a show called the mouthpiece Pod, Bog- uh, the mouthpiece and I used to go to uh, this was before technology <laughs> sounds crazy, right? Uh, so we would go, uh, I used to drive to, um, uh, I was uh, under contract with card player. So they used to have me doing a show. So, um, and I used to get 35,000 viewers per show. And, uh, my editor at the time, uh, was Danny Egelhoff. And, um, I, uh, we were really close. And then, uh, You know, and after Black Friday, we kind of, everything kind of dissipated. I really hadn't seen him in about six, seven years. And uh, I ran into him at, um, unfortunately, a a celebration for life for Gavin Smith. And I'm like, you know, I'm trying to get a hold of you. He's like, oh, that's my old number. And it ends up, he lives like 50 yards from me, like literally like two blocks over. And so I'm like, well, this has to be meant to be, right? So then I'm like, I wanted to start a podcast. I want to start doing YouTube videos. And uh, I go, I don't know shit. Listen, I'm a little bit older and I don't, I'm not, the, I'm not really in tune with the technology and shit. And I don't know how to do it all myself. So, you know, we made a deal that he would uh, work for me and, um, and, uh, hook up all my stuff. And then we, uh, we decided to relaunch the mouthpiece into the mouthpiece podcast. And, um, <clears throat> you know, it was, uh, we started off, I was, uh, just loving it. It was, I still love it actually, but, um, you know what? What I realized, and it's like um, somebody told me this is, you know, after a while you're going to run out of guests to call. You know, and uh, my originally uh, plan was to uh, m- bring the podcast mainstream. So I uh, used a lot of my contacts, and uh, you know, I uh, started uh, going a little bit mainstream, with a lot of mainstream people, and then I wanted to, uh, knowing that this would be an election year. I was going to do a lot of uh, uh, political stuff on the left and right to try and balance it, bring people on to show one side of you, bring people on to show the other side of you, you know what I'm saying? And um, then, uh, you know, I was all geared up for uh, the poker till about all the way through the World Series of Poker. And then from July, August, September, October, November, I was going to go with these, uh, a lot of political figures that have like millions of followings. And, and really go mainstream with the podcast. And, uh, we realized also that, well, I don't know, maybe that's not a good idea because, uh, if you look at the numbers, whenever we, we dabbled into a few big name political people that would come on, you know, you know, you look at your numbers and, and the numbers were a little, were a lot lower than the other ones. And I said, well, you know, it's because we have to, we don't we're, 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 flash really. My cats are such a few. So it's so crazy. So, um, uh, and so, uh, I'm like, well, yeah, of course the numbers are going to be lower. I'm like, because you're building a different audience, you know what I'm trying to say? So, uh, when you're dealing uh, as you do with the podcast, you know, it's, uh, it's all about doing different things to get your numbers up and, and, uh, have, you know, make people bring out good content. That's really good. So, um, we, uh, we were really close to, uh. So that was originally the plan. And then uh, I was in the midst of uh, signing a, a big deal with a certain casino uh, in which they want him to really flash. Come on.
0: What's your cat's name? Flash. Flash.
1: He wants to be a star. Like, he'll, like, he'll rub his head against my uh, cell phone or my iPad, and he'll knock it over at least three times when I'm on a podcast. So that's what he does. But he's, he's 18. 18. 18 years old? Eighteen years old. Look at this guy. He's like wow. that much. he's got no more.
2: This guy. yeah,
1: he's got more energy than me. Like most eighteen-year-old cats, they just sit there and they they sleep in their corner. They don't do anything. This guy wakes me. He jumps on me. He wants his food. He when I'm on a podcast, he gets jealous. He wants something to get in my way. That's
0: what he does. I love, so that's,
1: um, good. that's a good sign. Well, so you're about to
0: sign a deal with the casino.
1: Yeah, and so they said. uh, we want to talk only poker and sports, no, no, no po- po- politics. I'm like, well, okay, that's fine because if uh, they're going to give me the, the money that they uh, that we uh, negotiated, I was like, you know, I don't. That's fine, you know, what I'm saying. So I, I then started, I, I dove, I, I started going the other way, and then uh, after the first of the year, they're like, uh, we need to put this on hold for a few months, right? So now uh, I ended up kind of in in the middle of la la land between. You know, wrote, not scheduling people and going kind of really mainstream, which I was really looking to go back into poker, but I wasn't playing much poker. So, uh, when you're playing a lot of poker, it's easy to, to, uh, hang out with the guys you're playing with, throw them on the podcast, have interviews, you know, play, you not know, playing all the big games with all the, a lot of the old timers, a lot of the, the new, you know, I don't really, the thing is, is I, uh, something I learned a long time ago but never really followed, which is poker's not about playing all the best players in the world. It's about people that play worse than you, you know? So we – you know, I was always putting myself in games with with really not that many named poker players. And uh, I was – you know, I've just been doing really well, you know, and just trying to pay people back that I owe. (laughs) Right.
0: Yeah. So – Tell me, so okay. So you get the mouthpiece. You're doing this podcast. It's, it's enjoying it. What are you? How much? <laughs> there's a cat in the video. How yeah. much poker? <laughs> how much poker are you actually playing? Like in a given month, are you pl- are you playing more cash games? I've seen you in the tournament scene. You have had a looks like a resurgence of your tournament, and we can take a look here at your your yeah. head you started all the way back in '96. Your first uh, first cash is kind of go down memory lane, but it looks like as of yeah. late. You know, even just now, you were at Bay 101, you had a, a yeah. 1k score, you've had a 100k score at the World Series and the 10k, the main event, you went pretty deep. Um, so yeah. tell me a little bit about, what, what do you prefer now? Do you prefer tournaments? Well, or cash games? I've always preferred cash games, okay. Um,
1: I got famous playing poker tournaments because I was great at them, and then and I'm still great at them, and uh, uh, but I, you know, they're grind term. I, I, every time I go to a tournament, you know what I tell everybody. I'll I'll just jump up and scream, all you guys that play this for a living, you guys are my heroes. You know what I mean? And everybody starts laughing. Because it's it's so grinding. I mean, it's like so grinding. You have to, you know what I'm talking about. You have to like focus. You're like, you have to watch out every corner of your fucking eye, every single move, every single chip that somebody puts in, right? And so that's you know, that's where I'm, I'm really good at. I'm really good at reading situations and really, I'm really good at seeing somebody throw that chip in just a little bit different. And I know, and I, I sense weakness or strength. And it's just something I'm really good with. And no matter how much they teach, everybody is human. And no matter what happens, you're always going to find a weakness in somebody. When you find a weakness in somebody, you have to exploit it. So, uh, you know, everybody in the poker circuit, they think they just call me Tight Mike, which is fine. I hope everybody consistently will call me Tight Mike. As long as they keep thinking I'm Tight Mike, I'll just keep fucking robbing them and winning. So, uh, you know, that's what you do. Right.
2: All
0: right. I, and if you had to choose cash game or tournament right now, you would you would choose cash games if you could only choose one or the other. Oh, absolutely,
1: absolutely. So,
0: um, I've been I've been really fortunate um, where. Uh,
1: and I, I give Phil a lot of credit. He, he's got me into some really nice little cash games. And uh, I met a couple other people that got me into some really good cash games. And uh, I found myself playing, I don't know, three or five times a, a month in really big games where I'm playing for like 20%. But the games are so good that it's, uh, I mean, if you it's, it's hard to lose. You know what I'm saying? But
2: I'm not saying like
1: like wild good. I'm talking about like, Weak tight good, you know what I'm saying? Or weak bad good. So right. when, you're in game, when you're in games where people raise, you call, and they miss the flop and they check, and you fucking throw a third pop bet out there and they fold, uh, those are good games.
0: <laughs> right. Yeah, no, for sure. Absolutely. I, I, I'm, I agree, and that's, that's great to hear that you're getting some fun spots and you're enjoying it, mm-hmm. enjoying playing. What uh? Let's just kind of dive through how you got started into poker i see that you i think you're you're originally from uh california los angeles you started playing is it true and you're 18 at maxim casino um Mm -hmm. and you were playing at uh some video poker is that Mm -hmm. you even got money out of your mom's purse like that's how you Mm -hmm. started you were literally playing i'm reading this from somewhere so quote me if i'm wrong so you started playing at that age and 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 it looks like in 96 you uh started getting some tournament poker but tell me about how how did you actually find your way to a casino or start gambling? How old well, were you, when you first started playing? I was like,
1: uh, let's see. So this was, uh, I was like 21. This is 1991. Uh, I was, uh, I was kind of a hopeless soul. So that was like 29 years ago. So I was what, like 23. Uh, yeah, 22. So, uh, I really was kind of lost. I didn't know what I wanted to do. I was addicted to video poker machines and like, uh, so everything, all the I work all day, lose all my money playing video poker machines, and I mean, I actually went to Gamblers Anonymous for my video poker habit. Only went, I only went twice, but you know what? It's all it took because I, then I realized, man, these people are fucking crazier than me. I'm like, okay, I'm done with it, and so I I, I quit doing that. And I and I met this guy when I was playing video poker, and he's like, How'd you learn? do to want to learn how to do something that you never have to work the rest of your life? I'm like, Okay, is that <laughs> yeah, right.
2: Steve off?
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. So um and he, he just taught me how to play uh the only book I ever read was scholaski's Beginning Hold'em. Uh and back uh back then everything was limit. Okay. There was the main event was no limit, which was there was one no limit holding tournament a year and that was the main at the World Series. And uh so uh everything else was limit. When you got to the World Series they, they kicked it off with the uh, the biggest it was like a six hundred fifty person limit holding tournament. And um uh but I ended up uh where I was just crushing limit hold'em, I just knew what everybody had every hand, right? I, and I didn't even know—I didn't even know like high stakes poker existed. Like I was playing four-eight limit hold'em. I was grinding. I was making like 150 a week, right? And uh, you know, I was like 22, 150 a week is pretty good money, you know what I mean? And um, they was uh, no, not 150 a week, 150 a day. Did I said, week. i meant 150 a day. Yeah,
3: yeah. I was making
1: like. I was making like, I was winning like a rack and a half a day every day, you know? And it's like, even the days I ran bad, I'd still, I'd still break even or win a rack. So, um, I was making about, uh, 600 to 750 a month, you know, but it was, it was, it, it started to grow on me. And and then I, again, I didn't know like higher limit poker. Then somebody's like, Hey, you got to go down the horseshoe. got to play, uh, 10, or on 2040 with Johnny, Johnny Moss. <clears throat> and I'm like, Okay, like he's really old. He, he's legend. He, he gives away, you know. So that I started playing. I remember the first. I still remember the first time I ever played ten twenty. I was fucking shaking. Like now I could. I could. I, I, it's like impossible for me to play ten twenty limit. I mean, you know how small that is to me. Yeah. But it was so. It was so big at the time, right? And I, the first time I played, I, I think I lost. And the next time I played, I won. And, and then I, I was playing ten twenty, and then I was crushing it, right? Then I had to move to twenty forty, and when you move to 2040s, it, I, I mean, I remember, you know, now it, it's, it's kind of, you know, i talking about limit hold it's like obsolete really from where, where we are now, but, but it was still, it's kind of like probably, you know, equivalent of somebody moving up from one, three to two, five to five ten, 10, no limit. And, and, and as you move up, players get tougher, you know? And then if you, you the one thing I learned is when you play really high, they get, they get worse. So you get, uh, you know, uh, you get the bad players at you know the one two let's just say combined, in a no limit, which was like uh ten twenty and then uh twenty forty and the twenty forty games were really tough i mean i i mean at, at first i mean started playing it was like me todd uh, Ming law uh Jennifer and Johnny Moss and uh a bunch of us, and then um we were playing there, and then you know I was like I was making a thousand, fifteen hundred a day. Between so a day. Just playing twenty forty limit. Uh, I mean, I was at minimum. I was making was five hundred a day, and then sometimes I'd be up all night, and I was still dealing at Sam's Town. Uh, where's that? It. Uh, uh, it's a casino in Las Vegas. It used to be it was the best dealing job in town back in the day, back in the early '90s. Now it's now it's. I don't even think they have a poker room anymore. But um, uh, I still, you know, I always tell people never forget where you come from. And I'm still good. Uh, my card, the car, room manager—that was my boss at the time. His name was Dick Gatewood. He's still uh, one of my good friends. He he does all my taxes and stuff for me every year, and um, and uh, we're really we're really close. And uh, even like like two or three of the dealers, I'm still really good friends with him. Uh, I one of them was my good friend from high school, and I got him a job over at. Uh, I taught him how to deal, and he he deals with Bellagio today still. So. So, um, I always tell people, never forget where you come from. That's one of the things that's grounded me the most is, uh, so many people over the years. I mean, a lot, of even, you can name a lot of top players, you know, that have a lot of money, uh, even now. And, and, um, they, they, a lot of them forget where they come from and I, I always try and remind them, you know what I mean? I'm like, listen, you're not better than anybody else. Remember where you come from, you know, try and treat everybody the way you want to be treated. And, uh, and if people forget where they come from and they say something like snarky, I'll just, I'll just say, wake the fuck up, remember where you
2: came from. You know, it's really important in life.
1: No, is, it's really it's a
0: good. It's a good. Those are those are powerful words for sure. And and playing yeah. plain limit hold'em. I actually, when I started, I also was playing ten twenty limit hold'em. That's kind of how I used actual well, three six or whatever. And then some t- limit right. before it got to no limit. I think it actually does. Help shape fundamental skill, reading, right? Because you really, you, you, you're yeah. just so dialed into every street or just every spot. It's like, you know, the board, how it, how it works and just reading ability. I think some of the best players with reading are guys mm-hmm. that have a, a limit background and, and, and just. Uh, well, yeah, you know, because game, and Yeah. In situations. Well, it's because know? limit
1: hold is a game of feel. Okay. So that, 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 that was how I, I, I grew my instincts because, because you can watch people play and everything but you have to not only just watch but you just have that feel so like even now when i play them and hold them i mean probably a million people play better than me but i'm 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 good but i asked you know one day i was talking to uh lenny martin he's he deals mostly in real estate now people most people won't know who he was he, he won a bracelet and just a triple draw about eight years ago might be 10 years ago now i don't know uh and um He's telling me, uh, you know, Mike, if you want to start playing a limit? He goes, he goes, you just need to, he goes, after a week, it's like riding a bike, you'll get the field back and everything will be fine. But uh, when, even when I was dealing, uh, you know, it would be like raise, bet, re-raise. And like, i pushed the cards up before the uh, hand was turned over. And I, I really worked hard on focusing on what people have while I was dealing. And I really think it made me a, a better player, you know, yeah, and, no
0: feeling um, for sure. If you're if you're in tune to what's going on and you're watching, it's kind of fun because you get to actually like you're playing is. hands like, oh, this guy, what's he have? He's bluffing. He's not. He gets mm-hmm. to see it, and then you can kind of start. Yeah, I think it's a it's a massive advantage. Scott Fishman, I remember, is a great tournament player. He also dealt and, and yeah. was, uh, had a lot of instincts. So, um, tell tell me a little bit about. Your let's go look here back when you started playing tournament poker. So, back in September of '96, you play a 335 tournament, you finish third. I swear, every single guest on the podcast has finished first tournament they, they final tabled uh, for their yeah. score, not like a 15th or 20th. I, I like 45 out of 52 have like final tabled their first ever tournament. So, like, or at least you know, their score because you could have played one before it didn't cash. What was this yeah. like? How did you decide to go play a tournament this day, this 335 what- at the Queen's hotel well how did that happen and what uh, okay so uh
1: it's really weird so they used to have uh what's called the the four i think it's a super bowl high roller at the super bowl at the four queens so it was it was a major that was actually the first hotel i actually played or dealt at okay when i was learning how to deal so a friend of mine at Samstown, like they they were really good to me because i was playing there all the time so Whatever, when I realized that you can deal, okay, and it wasn't you didn't have to go with the ups and downs, you know, at poker, and I was able to deal and make like a hundred fifty a day. You know, working six, seven hours a day dealing, I'm like, wow, well, you know, I was like guaranteed money instead of making that hundred fifty a day I was making, where you know you had the swings and ups and downs or whatever. And so I started enjoying dealing, and I worked, I worked at, at Four Queens and uh i i tell people the story all the time because it's it's like it's just so so i walked out of there i go i'll never forget it i'm like they're winning or losing a hundred thousand a hand i got stiffed by everybody i'm just like i was like and i just had this like like oh that that like lit a fire under me i'm like who do these people think they are blah 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 blah, (laughs) right and so then
0: i dealt i went through uh where was that? Um, you cut out at the beginning. four queens. Four queens. And they, they they were playing a game that big, and you were dealing. And yeah. Yeah,
1: you get tipped. I never bring it up. Of course, I'm friends with everybody. You know, I don't want to. You know, Until now, yeah. they drop exclusive on the floor. <laughs> well, fuck it, I don't, get, I don't give a shit. So <laughs> then, I, the things I'll these are things like I, I remember. So then, when I became a professional, I really like like took it to heart, you know. So I and then I, I went to the, they used to have seventy-five, one hundred and fifty Omaha on eight or better game that you dealt in and. And then J.C. Tran, I'd go through there. And J.C. Tran, I'd push him pots. You push him a pot, he would, he would like, never, like uh, he might get a dollar every, like, fourth time you dealt him a pot. And, uh, and then one time, I just started dealing, like, uh, I don't know, he took a bead in the hand, he's like, I'll never, ever tip you a dollar. He goes, I got a swimming pool with dollars in it for all the dollars I save from not tipping people. And I'm just like, oh, man. I'm gonna fuck this guy up one day. You know what Who I mean? JC Tran, not JC Tran. Uh, Tran. not JC Tran. Not wrong name. Uh, uh, uh so I said, well, it Doesn't so, sound like, uh, like JC uh, Pearson. Uh, Puggy okay. Pearson is uh, Sorry about that. Okay. Sorry, JC. Okay. Sorry, JC. Okay. Yeah, I was gonna say J. that's
2: J. Not, not the JC I know. I, I know
1: JC Tran's the best. Uh, Puggy, yeah. Yeah, Puggy Pearson's brother. Uh, JC Pearson. Uh, okay. So, uh, um, so. All I kept thinking about, like, was that at seventy-five ohm. Well, that's how I learned. By the way, when I decided I'm going to play Omaha 8 or better, because uh, I was so good at no or, or hold on. like I, I wanted to learn how to play other games. Plus, I wanted to learn how to play other games to so fuck him up, because he was always playing in the games. So, um, I uh, that was I st- so I started dealing there at Four Queens, and then they had a tournament. Then the next thing you know, I ended up playing my first tournament at the Four Queens. Also, so uh, that's how that kind of happened. Uh, it was the one on my day off from the dealing. I said, Okay, I think I'll try uh, playing on uh, my so first
0: I, I didn't know you were a dealer when you started or that you got into via dealing. So you go there in ninety-six, you play. What was your thought when you first played a tournament? Were you like, wow, this is fun, you make a final table, I'm gonna do this like all the time? Cause it looks like you really got no. into tournaments. Well, the thing was is
1: like and, and I, I and I'll be honest, it's like I when I played the places I played at, I crushed it, but I didn't know it it took me until I would say when I played the Limit Holden tournament in 97 and, and Phil never remembers this, but I remember it like it was yesterday, the first time I ever played against Phil Hummuth. Right. And I remember a hand that I played against him. I'm like, and he called me down. I'm like, what the fuck does he think I have? I'm like, this guy's supposed to be the best in the world. I, that's when I realized I'm like, I'm like, I'm, I'm better than, than ever, all these people, you know what I'm saying? And I was like, uh, and then I started playing and I realized fuck, I'm better than all these people. I'm like, I'm, I,
2: I didn't know that. You know what I'm saying?
1: I knew I just dominated at the, at the Samstown where I played at. And, and I dominated at the, when I played at the Horseshoe in 1020 and 2040. But, you know, we were also playing 2040 with, uh, you know, with Johnny Moss in his last couple of years of life. And uh, so we kind of built the game around him, you know. And, uh, and the next thing you know, I was just probably the, probably the third best limit holding player in the world. I was playing all the best players in the world.
0: You well, know, I see you got, uh, you got the World Series bracelet, or you got second to Scotty Nguyen. Are you and Scotty close? Because I also read that you had a piece in '98. You bought a piece of his main event, and he you got yeah. three thousand from his uh, partial stake. Is that true? Yeah, yeah. So this is so this is how it started. So in
1: 1997, okay, I had a, uh, there was a satellite going off, uh, and you didn't have to play. Sat, if you want a satellite, you could take the money, you could do whatever you want with it. You weren't forced to play the tournament you win. So, I'm like, uh, Mark Gregorich, and I know you know who Mark Gregorich is. Um, if anybody else doesn't know out there, he's one of the, if not one of the best players in poker that nobody knows about. I'll just say with that, you know, uh, I think he's one of the, he's just a fantastic poker player. Just somehow, some way, just runs like dog shit in tournaments. I don't know. So, um, he like, uh, he knew how good I was at Limit hold them. You know, once I, uh, you know, I started playing 8160 down in California, 4080, 8160, moving my way up. And um, I was getting staked because one of the guys that came into Samstown when I was dealing, right, he wanted to stake me. Uh, but my problem was, is like, all, like I would work, go to the horseshoe all night, yeah. and then I don't have to go deal. And they used to have a uh, where you could sit out and uh, be a player and not have to deal. And so, uh, unless we got really busy, and so every night time I played all night, I was like half dead going to work, and I was like, please, please le- don't let me have to deal today, right? And of course, we'd always like like the only two times that I played all night, uh, we'd always be dead, have to go into the box. I literally fell asleep in the box one time after playing all night. It was pretty funny, but um, <laughs> you know, uh, so uh, he told me he would he would stake me unless I as long as I don't bet sports, I and mean, I had to sign a deal with him. You know, and so uh, I promised him I wouldn't bet sports. And then next thing you know, we went to Crystal Park in California, uh, playing 4080. Uh, and I really struggled the first three weeks of 4080 after just crushing the 2040 every day. And I kept yeah. telling him, like, I'm like, I, I'm struggling to make that adjustment to to the, the extra aggressive. And he's like, you know, give it another week, and if not, we'll drop back down. I'm like, okay. And then it just clicked on me. And the next thing you know, I was just destroying this 48 again yeah. and game and the uh, 8160 game. And he was like, "Man, you're better than Yahoo stock. You're better than this because you're the because you're the greatest stock I ever had, right?" And so um, then we're at the the World Series, and uh, uh, I, I had a satellite going for Omaha Eight, and uh, it, you know, it, it just got. It sounds crazy. I know people listen to this thing. it's crazy, but. I, I I won, like, 53 out of 54 sessions playing limit hold them. Like, I could run bad and break even. You know what I'm saying? Because back then, it was uh, it was just a handful of people, and they, nobody knew how to play. They were weak. You know, you could just rot. I mean, if the deck were at against you for 18 hours straight, you could find a way to be even because you could steal enough pots to stay even. And, you know, that's what I knew, you know, that this is – this is
0: all skill. Like back then I just thought it was like 99% skill, you know? Right. And what, what did your parents and family members think about you playing poker when they, when you started to, to, you were dealing. So it's not like you just went right into it. You had a little bit of a segue, you were around it, but was it a shock? Were they upset? Were they ha- were like, oh, that's great. Like, upset. How- they went fucking crazy, man.
1: They're like, you're going to give up a 50,000 a year job with full health insurance and, and, and full benefits to go play live poker. He could say go, don't ever call me for a loan. Don't ever ask me for shit. You're fucking just, they're
0: like, you're done. Okay. You right. better make it because you're done. You know, I'm like, don't worry, mom. I'm going to make, I'm going to make it. Don't worry. You know, And how did how did that turn? At what point did they, did, did, did your mom or did, were they saying, okay, like, all right, this is good. We know it's, they it can work for you. Uh, I think probably after, so we go, you know, we go back to
1: 97, probably after then. So, so Mark Rigger says to me, I go, how do you play Omaha 8 or better, right? And he's like, okay. He's like, use, use your, um, your aggressiveness that you're really good at. Use your reading abilities. He goes, play this hand, these hands, this hand, this hand, and this hand. And he goes, don't play this unless it's this, this, this. I'm like, okay. and he just like basically gave me a, a rundown. So I go, okay, I go and play the fucking satellite. I win it. So um, I'm like, okay, should I play the tournament, Mark? And he's like, yeah, because why not? I'm like, and then we sat down for like an hour, and he just He gave me a lot of like tips on how to play. And right. uh, to this day, to this day, I still think me and him are the two best Omaha high players in the world. Um May throw Scotty Win in, but he doesn't play as much anymore, so he's a little bit rusty. Miami John also really good, um, but these payouts
0: uh, are crazy. I'm looking back here; they paid over a third to the winner, four thirty prize yeah, pool. No shit. The first. That's insane. No, that's uh,
1: fucking, that's what it should be. That's normalcy. Yeah. That's great. It's great.
0: Double second. I know, but it's like, it's so foreign now. Like the min cash all the way, um, basically, you know, up, but yeah, yeah right. I sort of like that. It's like, you know, yeah, they because were... they don't because they don't care about anybody. They just want to put money in everybody's pocket,
1: rake it, rake everybody to death and nobody can win. Okay. That's why, I mean, even, uh, Johnny Bax was telling me like, like uh, five years, four or five years ago, he goes. I don't even know if I can stake anybody anymore. I can't. I can't overcome the fifteen percent payout. You know, there's no way he can win stake people. You know, and I, and even when they went to ten percent, I was kind of upset, sad across the board. But you know, I understand it's good for business. It's good to keep keep uh, uh, recreational players in the game. But we're gonna get into that in a second. Um, it, it's good to keep recreational games and people in, and you want to pay more people but it's bad to keep having unlimited re-entries and day two buy-ins because that fucking is going to make the recreational people upset. So no matter what podcast I'm on, no matter, and I bring it up every day on my podcast, I will fight to the day till we stop having day two registrations and unlimited rebuys because uh, it, it, it just, it, favor, it favors the people who have a lot of money. It just does. It's just, there's no two ways about it. I mean, I look back to 2013 when Justin Bonomo got second in the first uh, Florida tournament. That was right before I got sick, and I finished 53rd that tournament. I got coolered, uh, and uh, first, first place was like five, whatever it was, three, four, five million or whatever, and I'm like, Bonomo was in nine bullets. I'm like, can you imagine And they had satellited in like 350 people? I'm like, can you imagine if like some satellite winners beat this guy like four or five times, and they found out he gets like second? Like, this is not going to put a bad taste in your mouth. Of course, it is. So, right. It's tricky. uh,
0: Like, Foxin just, you know, he won the Bellagio and he was in five entries in the 10K at the end of 2019. At the same time, he was in four or five bullets at the uh, Bahamas or the one in Dust Till Dawn right after. So, you could argue it, right? Both ways. But if you're you're an amateur or you're a recreational, Mm -hmm. And you bust boxing out, and he he goes and shows up a minute again later, and you got you know that's tough, right? It is tough. You got to well, beat the best in the world multiple times. It's hard. You know? It's just gonna.
1: You know? It's gonna. Right now, okay. What people need to focus on is getting recreational players in the game. Okay. Right. Like uh, I'll go. You know, I, I'm all over the map. So if you if you uh, want well, I me mean, to, I'll start with well,
0: We got. We have. By the way, we have a hundred plus questions. I just want to real all quickly right. give people. I know because. We're gonna hit this at later. I want to let people know there's a chance here to answer for you. If we're gonna run through a lot of these, not all of them, because yeah. there's a lot. But this is well, a, uh, yeah. a giveaway, and so if someone wants to uh, go over to my Twitter, it's pin tweet and check this out. And you can ask Mike a question. We'll try to get to him. But we, you know, it is. It is. You're one of the legends of the game, man. You've been around forever. A lot of people's favorite player, high stakes poker. We need more talking, more energy, more less robotic stuff. So it's a treat to have you oh, on. And yeah. I, I actually didn't know about that you were a dealer and sort of these older, you know, type of original when the poker world and this, this going, it, it's cool to hear. Cause these are things that, you know, I, I don't, you know, I know about a little yeah. bit, but hearing you say it is, uh, it's really interesting. So I want to hear about this. Yeah. So I, I,
1: you know, uh, well, so, you know, I'll circle back to that, that the uh, Omaha tournament. So next thing you know, I was like cruising through the Omaha tournament. Next thing you know, it was really weird. It's like, I picked up Omaha, eight better really quickly, like, like in days, which is, uh it's like at a high level in days. And the next thing you know, I'm thinking, man, I'm the best in this. F- I'm, I, I can't believe how good I am, you know? And uh, the next thing you know, I'm at a final table. It's me, Scotty Wynn, Ted Forrest. Uh, uh, I'm like, like five of the top no- players in the world, right? And uh, I had all the chips uh, three handed. Matter of fact, I had 11 to 1 chip lead. I mean, the bracelets didn't mean shit back in 1997, by the way. Right. So, uh, 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 Ted Forrest said give me an extra 5000. Scotty said give me a 10000 extra and you keep the rest. I'm like deal, you know? So like first place was like uh 141 and they gave me 126.
0: Oh, uh, and this one that Scotty got first and you actually got the yes, most money. I got all the money. And so oh, wow. and so they didn't so they the thing- didn't account it. They didn't change it, but that's how it showed. Yeah,
2: yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: So if you look at whatever the the prize pool was
1: for second and third, okay? Yeah. Because yeah, they they would not they didn't like cash in deals. Okay, so uh, they got whatever it says Scotty that I got for second. That's what Scotty got plus ten thousand, and whatever they say Ted Forrest got for third is what he got plus five thousand, and whatever they said the winner got take fifteen thousand off. That's right. Nice. Got. You
0: got one forty one, so, yeah, 140, yeah, Yeah,
1: I remember. Yeah, I'm, I can almost remember the exact number. And so, um, so then we were just having fun once we made a deal. And then Scotty literally, like, he had it, like, he won 11, 11 all-ins in a row. And then he ends up winning it. Now, if I was really focused and I knew that what bracelets meant, I mean, there's no way he wins it. Cause I I was just having fun. I got the money.
0: I didn't give a fuck. Uh, right. Am I allowed to curse on your show, by the way? We're, yeah, I mean, it's, let's, yeah, you know, when in a moment of that, when it's like, yeah, I think it's allowed, let's not try to do it all. Right, all the time, I, have, I like important yeah, yeah, I just. For, for
1: yeah, I just don't want to know because I, I know you got sponsors and stuff. I don't want to get you in trouble. So, oh, um, so uh, then um, you know, I I still remember. I mean, it's like yesterday. I mean, it not twenty three years ago. I remember it was you know. My, he makes this crazy comeback, and uh, there was like three hands I could have made easy folds, uh, and I didn't. You know, I was like, eh, well, who cares? You know, and we just had fun. Next thing you know, once he won like six in a row and he got even with me, then I tried to. Uh, Try to turn uh, it back on to, to full Yeah, because then I still I was trying a little bit more, but it, just, it not it just didn't matter. You know what I mean?
3: I got all the money. Yeah, right. But
0: there's still that there's that trivial, like you're you're feeling good, you lock up the trophy and you're probably gonna just win because you have a lead. But then once you start losing that lead and it's like then you're like, Well, damn, I kinda wanna win. Like it is nice to win, right. I should win. But it's not <laughs> yeah. Yeah.
1: yeah. Right. Like, so after I got the money, I, I after I got the money, I just didn't care. And then uh, but after he, he he won five straight all-ins in a row. I'm like, well, let me let me try and try uh, get back focus here and at least try and win. And then he, he just ran really good and and he won it. But uh, if I if I would have not given up, like that's the thing. That's why I tell people all the time. And Daniel Daniel was one of the really guys that told me never make deals, Mike. Never make deals. I'm like, why? I'm like, because there wasn't many tournaments a year. There was like five, like six tournaments a year you could play. You know, so it's like. Because uh, Daniel, you always say because the only ones that want to make a deal are the people that need the money. And if they need the money, they're scared, and if they're scared, you're gonna win. And uh, you know what? I I took I take that to heart today, to, to, into today. You know, like even uh, two years ago when, when I had a shot to win the PLO eight, which I was big favorite to win. You know, they asked for a deal, and I didn't want to make a deal. Uh, well, I, I was in a lot of pain because I had MRSA staff infection in my leg. Uh and I was in pain. So I yeah. said, all me and the guy who won it were uh we uh he didn't want to make a deal and I didn't want to either, but I did tell him I said, Listen, I'm in a lot of pain because I had some kind of infection on my leg, and that's the only reason why I wouldn't make a deal. And then he kept saying no, and I'm like, Okay, whatever. And unfortunately the pain and the infection in my leg kind of did it actually cost me that tournament two years ago. But that, uh
0: that was uh that was so let me just check here. You you came back because you took a few year hiatus. We're gonna scroll through your career. We'll, we'll touch back, but just to sort of dive around, you had a very serious injury, right, from like fourteen mm-hmm. to seventeen, where I think or sixteen, you didn't really play much, mm-hmm. and then you did come back and uh, and you got deep in that, yeah, the high low, and, and you had a couple of good scores. But what what yeah. happened during this period where you were basically not playing poker, and you got well, you had serious injuries? Here, it's really, you know, we can we
1: we'll, we'll, we can go. It goes to like this. So after um. Black Friday, I still had no idea what it meant that everything was over. You know, like, I remember calling uh, Howard on the phone. He's like, this is really bad. I'm like, okay. And then they called me up. I've told this story many times, but, you know, I don't, don't want to really reflect too much on the full tilt because yeah. it, it, brings back, it brings back really bad memories, you know, because um, for me to work my whole life, to be set for life, and for a few people, greedy people, to have taken that away from me and to watch them all not have to worry about anything the rest of their life and me being left with nothing. I do hold a grudge about it. I, I do hold a grudge about it. But, um, uh, you know, it is really, it is what it is. You know, uh, everything I would say came to fruition. And uh, listen, uh, greed is a bad thing, Jeff. In Life, you have to. I guess you have to treat others the way you need to be treated. And uh, even before Black Friday I kept telling I was I was trying to get out of full tilt. You know, I was talking to a lot of people like, Why do you say bad things about people who pay you this much a month? I'm like, Well, because my contract says I'm supposed to be getting like four X and I'm not getting that. You know, and they and uh, you know, we got the company had gone way up in business and uh, and they were busy lining all their pockets and they uh, uh, you know I have I, no I do, problems.
0: Uh, I do not. I don't want to bring up uh, bad memories and whatnot, but Man. maybe talk about a little bit of the good times. Obviously, it was a thriving business. It was exciting. The marketing yeah. was amazing. I remember those Phil Ivey commercials, like where his yeah. wife was line, you know, and the, and and the thing, like it's very very innovative, doing cool right. stuff, pros. It, it was exciting. I mean, I, I my, this was my poker yeah. in my Listen. young twenties. I I was so like, wow, it's fun, it's exciting. They're doing, you know, that's where people are playing. The software was great. How did that come to light? How did you get offered? To go into full tilt who contacted you what was the arrangement like how did that kind of get drawn up it, 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 well it nicely I'll, I'll i'll say it was um uh uh the beginning
1: of 2004 where i went oh, i remember this day i mean i remember going to howard litter's house and him showing me the software and um and uh we were uh uh He's like, this, we're going to be really big. You know, we're going to do this, this, this. And I'm like, oh, man, it looks cool. He goes, this will be your avatar. This will be this. And, you know, he's showing me all this. And I'm like, um, I remember uh, Rich Corbin, uh, who worked for poker stars, They were begging me. Biggest mistake ever made, by the way. Uh, they wanted me. And then Howard and Seidel and John Jawanda, they're like, they begged me, you know, stay with us, you know. Because I was at that time, probably one of the biggest top five names of poker. So um, it was. uh, When was was this exactly? 2004? It was right. Yeah. So this is 2004. This is uh, before I got set up and had to go to jail for something I didn't do. Uh, So, uh, but when when that was over, you know, um, it was uh, uh, basically, uh, you know, I was all in with Full Tilt. But in 2004, I went on a trip to uh, Italy with uh, Howard and David Gray, Jowanda. Uh, we were all, uh, went all through France. Uh, you know, uh, it was, you know, everything was great. The money was flowing in. We played at uh, uh, the Aviation Club in Paris. Like, and I, I mean, it was so good. They didn't even know. We, we, we introduced Omaha 8 or better to them. And like, we were playing like eight sixteen hundred Omaha 8 or better hold them, And like, in Omaha, the board would be like, deuce ace deuce four five and they would like raise you six times with three jack queen king thinking they have a straight with a three like i mean that's how good the games were okay right. but they were they were taking a hundred dollars every half hour per person but with games like that you can overcome it right so um so uh i remember you know i i, I kind of look back there as like uh uh right before you know i was officially with full tilt and uh i ended up uh Winning like 360,000 in this game. And uh, I was a big winner because uh, Barry Greenstein and uh, uh, David. Um, what's I uh, I don't have a brain for it. No, the French guy. French. David uh, Benjamin. Benjamin. David Benjamin. Uh, Phil Ivey. Uh, we're all playing eight and 16, but they're playing. They're playing props for like twice as much as the game. Literally prop. I got one. I see you. And none of them are paying attention to the game, and I'm just fucking running them over. And then, uh, and I'll never forget, like when the uh, aviation club got robbed, right? And I had no idea. I just hear everybody panicking, and they tell us get under the tables. Oh, you were right? there? I, I was
2: there. Yeah.
1: And huh. so, so I, you know, me because I'm just like peeking up, you know, like trying to see what's going on, right? And I see the guy with the gun with the, uh, uh, and they're wearing motorcycle helmets with uh, with the. Uh, completely covered all face covered motorcycle helmet with uh with uh they had the fake black face guards you couldn't see anybody but and they're walking in and uh it, from what i heard they now i'm not quite sure they ever told the truth you know they said they only got seventy five thousand out of the cage that all the other money they were you know because they're all over the news about million dollar first place for the wpt mm-hmm. and so he says I. I mean Bruno would always tell me they only got seventy-five thousand, That that was all the fake money and the real money was somewhere else. I don't really believe that, but whatever. Let's let's if I say it is true. I, if it is true, they they were bad robbers because we had probably half a million on our table, you know, that they could have just come around the corner and got
0: more money. So we start we always make that we always make that laugh. I'm just like, oh right? yeah. Yeah. Wow. That's uh yeah, that's a crazy – I didn't really I did remember hearing something about that. That's that's crazy you were actually there for that. And saw that. That's uh that's a wild that's wild. So what happened? The game broke, you guys went home after that, I guess. No, <laughs>
1: after no, we we just kept playing after they were gone. The police came, they did all the thing, uh, we started playing. Um uh what's oh, yeah, his I'm so bad. With, I'm so bad with names now, but um uh what's his name? Uh the Australian guy got like five bracelets. Uh, uh actually a good friend of mine. Lysandre? Whatever. Uh,
0: Jeffrey Alessandro. Lysandra.
1: Lysandra. Lysandra told us. Lissandro kept telling me, he's like, Mike, he goes, we're going to get robbed. I go, what are you talking about? He goes, I don't feel safe. We're going to get robbed. Somebody came up to me and put a knife to me on the way walking back to the hotel. Now, the hotel was like literally a block around. Like, you have the aviation club was right on the Champs-Élysées, and then we walked right around that corner, and that was a hotel. He said he let, left the aviation. He said somebody put a knife to him, threatened him, whatever. And, he said, and then he said, he says, I've been looking out the corner of my eyes. He says, there's people stake watch staking out this place we're going to get robbed and then we got robbed and he's like i told you i told you you know and uh after that they they uh i remember the next day they had literally an armed guard at the front door i mean they had guards but not like arm guard but they had changed it through. they were they had, like you felt really safe they, you know but uh that was kind of um i wasn't scared because you know i was just I was somewhat young and you know what was i afraid of you know what i mean and uh, uh, I mean, David Gray was pet- petrified, shaking under the table. I'm like, dude, they're not coming under here to shoot us. Don't worry about it. You know, like uh, robbers, robbers, don't, robbers. rob money. They don't fucking come in and shoot people. You know, Ivy was panicked,
0: right? With that, Ivy was there.
2: He didn't give a fuck.
0: He didn't yeah,
1: give a fuck. Did. None yeah. of us, none of us gave a fuck, but David Gray. David Gray was like panicking.
0: That's crazy. you know, we all the rest of you know. I mean. Lissandra was a little shook up because he had the, the knife put on the day yeah, he's before. Got, he's getting he's getting uh, followed, right? He's got yeah, catching it daily, mm-hmm. getting uh, into it. But wow, so wild times. So you're there, full tilts going on. You guys are like the celebrities of poker, you know, money's going, there's deals oh, yeah. there's yeah. stuff. What's I mean, you must have been this is like cause now poker's great I and mean, there's still deals, people are sponsored there's some stuff, but times are different. This was like I had Hash him on the podcast recently. He won the main mm-hmm. event around this time, twenty oh five, I believe, and it was like I mean, it's it's a, it's a Hollywood, right? It's like there's it's glitz, it's glamour. You're probably getting re- stopped on the streets. It's uh, mean, Vegas, LA. Like, tell me about this time. What was going on?
1: Yeah, I'll i just go like this. I, I like to compare. Like, I go like this. When Donald Trump says you're fit, you're when you're famous, you could do whatever you want, grabbing by the pussy, whatever. He's just telling the fucking truth. When you're famous, literally, okay, like girls were throwing themselves at you. I mean, the hottest girls is like. It was crazy. We we did this thing in Germany. I'll never forget this, right? This is before, you know, poker was worldwide. We're just trying to get it worldwide, right? We're in yeah. this venue. We're in this venue. We came out from behind the stage, right? And, yeah. like, they introduced us one at a time. We went through the smoke and lights and music. There was 100,000 people in this fucking venue with, with – I mean, it was crazy. And – uh Gus Hansen was the most favorite because he's able to speak four different languages, so they all knew who he was. But like, you know, I always told everybody, "This is like thing I say, I go, "I got the second loudest ovation behind Gus." I said they just love me. I mean, in Europe, I couldn't go anywhere. I was on the back. I go into a you go into a taxi cab. Our commercials were on on those little screens in the back of the taxi cabs, so like everyone knew who you were. People like I'm so much more famous in Europe than I am out here. You know. And even even today, I to, if I go to Europe, people know who I am. You know, so yeah, it yeah was, those uh, were wild
0: times. That was uh, that was the peak of it all. And and you guys are crushing, right? So it's like you're you're traveling the world, you're playing cards, you're online. How much were you playing online actually on full tilt? Were you playing a lot? Or well, no?
1: yeah. So so here's you know I, I I love to tell people this story, you know, because I was always a live player, right? And um, I happened to leave town one weekend like I used to, I only I like never like left town uh, unless I was going to uh, uh, this is before I was actually traveling with Full Tilt right and so um, the the only time I left town all the people up was when Andy Beal came into town that was when they they won all the money off of Andy Beal even though he had the entire poker world down to zero chips right and uh Phil uh Phil Ivey and um and um Ted Forrest ended up getting all the money back for everybody and like six million. Ended,
0: essentially this story with Andy Beal, he literally had the, them by you guys down to the felt. Yeah, he could have broke it. The felt.
1: The felt. Okay. Wow. But the, the, the funny, the funny story is, is, is all, everybody pulled their money together and got like about 1.2 million each. Right. Or more than maybe it was 2.3 million each. I'm not sure. And the only weekend I'm out of town, I don't get to peace. I'm like, okay, that was the, by the way, that was the start of my, of, of, of the first thing bad that happened to me. Cause now, I go in there and now they're all, we go from playing 400, 800, 600, 1200 every day, maybe eight, 1600. to they're all playing two, 4,000 for 8,000. Right. So wow. now I can't afford to play. That. I can't afford to play that. Right. So yeah. they're, play, they're playing, they're playing in the Bobby's room, which it was just called. I don't know. It was called Bobby's room, but it might've been. Uh, and uh, you know, I'm up at the top playing with the guys. I always play with some four, 800 and um, I'll never forget this. And I know it sounds stupid, but I asked for a bottle of Fiji, right? And She goes, that'll be five bucks. I go, well, I don't pay for water. I go, unless you play in that room, you have to pay five bucks. I go, fucking, what do you mean to play in that room? I play 16 hours a day with these fucking guys. Every day for the last four years, you're not going to give me a bottle of Fiji? It's not for five bucks. And and then the, the guy who runs, Doug Dalton, tells me, no, that's just the way it is. Like it's over five bucks. I said, go fuck yourself. And then I never went into, I didn't show up to the, uh, to the Bellagio for six years after that, over five bucks. That was principal. Wow. All because I was like not in town one weekend. These are the same people I play with every day, 16 hours a day, eight to seven days a week.
0: Yeah. And it's you not over five bucks. You couldn't sneak a little piece, they couldn't give you a couple of points, or you were just out of town, you didn't even know what was going on. Did you come back and Correct. hear about it? I, I come, come back, back and heard that I hear the whole story. I come back. Oh, I was like, up in Reno. Yeah, I hear the whole
2: story.
1: I'm like, Are you kidding me? I'm like, I the only I, so, so you know, I like to tell the story because it's like all these guys that ended up, you know, like the Ivies and the uh, David Oppenheimer and uh, uh, Doyle. All these guys, they were all playing the same limits
0: as me. I was doing really good. The next thing you know, they're all playing like high as a sky. I can't right. it. Wow, that's wild. Yeah. That's a, that's wild time. There's that that book is the I have it. I've never read it. That's called the Banker. What's it called? That there's a book. Uh, the, the
1: the book. Banker, the, the something, and the Suicide King. The yeah. Uh, yeah. Great. I, the guy who wrote the book is uh, one of my good friends. He actually helped me when, uh, a little bit writing my. He was actually supposed to be the writer of my book, um, but we had a. Uh, uh, we're still friends, but at the time, and he apologized to me. He, he admitted he was wrong. We had a, a falling out over money, um, and I didn't want it to be over money. You know, I said, "Listen, man, whatever you think is fair." I'm like, I don't want to screw you or nothing. But then he asked for fifty percent. I'm dude, I. I'm like, any go- no ghost, no ghostwriter takes more than 20%. I'm like, I said, whatever's fair, you know? And then he was like, we got in this fight over it. Ended up getting another ghostwriter to to help me write the book. And then uh, a year later, he's like, I'm so happy the book came out good. He goes, I apologize. I was, all- I was wrong and out of line.
0: And, it's uh, hard, and, and I'll tell you what, in poker ga- gaming, I've been playing for, you know, I don't know, 15 years or so. And you've been, uh, how many years now? I guess you've been playing for 30 Thirty years, ish. I would then, say I'm
1: playing professionally for 24, but um, I've been playing since '91.
0: Money, money, yeah. and friendships is hard. Lending, gambling, betting—like it, it's one of those inevitable things, right? You got guys who yeah. will do the same for you. You're at a place you needed some money, but like it, it can happen a lot where the you can you can sever relationships and people getting over their heads and do too much. It's 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 hard because it's just part yeah. of yeah with the and
1: it's why I don't hold, uh, you know, uh, a lot of the younger generations, like when somebody owes them money, they want to go on Twitter and, and out them for owing them the money, I'm like, you know, uh, everybody knows old school people don't do that. That's why when Ted Forrest went public saying, I owed him this money on this debt and uh, on Twitter, when he knows that was not true, but he was desperate, you know, and I don't want me and Ted are good friends. Everything's good. Now we made a, we settled We made a deal whatever. Uh but after we made a deal and we settled, he was supposed to go on Twitter and tell everybody it's all taken care of. Because and 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 Phil Phil was really pissed at him and so are a lot of the top players because in the old players know you don't bring people's debts public. Okay. It's just it's just right. like a rule of thumb. You know what I'm saying? If uh if you have a bet and something happens and you know the guy's a stand-up guy, you're always gonna you, you just don't bring it public. You know what I'm saying? So, yeah, uh, sort you know, of an you know, unwritten yeah, so rule, right? Yeah, it's an unwritten rule, you know. So when you look, you know, I, I I give a lot of young followers, by the followers show. So, so you know, it's something that you realize is when you're loaning money to somebody, you're doing it because you you like that person or you care about that person and they're down yeah. and out. Okay, and you have to tell yourself, I hope I get that money back. But when you're doing it to them, you're you have to understand that when you're loaning money to somebody. Uh, you're doing it uh, from the bottom of your heart. You're not really doing it hoping you get the money back. You understand what I'm trying to say? So, I mean, I probably have a million in dead money owed to me, you know, and I, i right. never, I never, and I, and, and I, uh, I know what live is. There's still about, I'd probably say there's about a hundred thousand live of it. The rest of it's dead, you know, and, right. and then you move on, you know, and I, and I owe a few people money. You know, everybody thinks I owe the world. I owe, uh, I owe hundred and uh, eighty two thousand, you know, which is nothing. And it was uh, I've been making payments, paying it off, you know. It's just that I got in the pickle because of my injury. My injury fucked me, because I thought after my injury, I was going to be once I had the surgery, I was going to be back up and going perfect, and I ended up having all kinds of complications for like three years, where I was like bedridden once for 15 months straight after the surgery. And so, you know, uh, somebody would loan me money. Uh, when you're bedridden for 15 months and your bills are 20,000 a month, and somebody loaned you 150,000, you could uh, even though I had won, a, I was up to like I I had, uh, got myself on my feet again. Uh, you know, all of a sudden my, my bills were 18, 20,000 a month. 15 months laid up. You see where I'm trying to say? And so yeah. that's why I had to sell my house, lower my bills down to where I
0: was. I or, mean that that's like kind of the point I'm making too. It's like when you and you you sort of hit on it. When you do do these, there's unforeseeable things. Look what just happened right now in the world, the economy, things like stuff happens. People like overnight, click right. of an eye, shit can happen. So it's like you got to mm. realize that, you know, when you're doing that, there's things can but happen. Thing. It's not automatic, right? Things uh, there's no guarantees in life. And and sort of a segue away from this, you were just live playing as recently as what? What's the date? March 11th, 10 days ago, you were at the Bay 101. You had a deep run. Uh, mm. The coronavirus talks had already started you i I remember you were sort of like you know you were playing it. me and you were chatting about trying to get the podcast together and and you weren't super worried necessarily about everything i wasn't i'm not worried just because it's like oh it's like a thing like it's hard to know right we don't have the information but yeah and and that's the thing when you were there yeah that's the thing so so uh uh it was uh i I
1: got back from Washington DC and I I even put a picture on Twitter. I'm like, me and my girlfriend, we were at the white house
3: press briefing like three and a half weeks ago,
1: like three and a half weeks ago. that was before crazy. That was before the whole fucking world came crashing down. Right. Right. So, you know, I'm like, you believe this was only three and a half weeks ago at the white house. And now now you, now you see press briefing every day. It's crazy. going on. And I I came back. I could, I, I could have stayed longer. And, uh, like I said, I went we went there for the, the charity thing and I set up because I know some I've become pretty good friends with um, actually one of my best friends is the head of the Republican Jewish coalition. So I do turn I've done a, a few charity tournaments to help raise money. Uh, I use my uh, influence to somewhat help raise money for uh, Israel means a lot to me. So it's uh, it's something that I, I, I'm involved with. We become really good friends. His name is Matt Brooks. Um and so he, you know, he, he's good friends with the president. So he kind of hooked me up. And, and then I ended up playing in a, a home game with uh, a bunch more. So kind of like networked myself into meeting a lot of, uh, a lot of you know, probably good and bad people from Washington. You know how Washington is. So uh, I was planning on uh, going right straight to Bay 101, right, when I got – not Bay 101, to LAPC. So I, I flew home on the Monday before Bay, uh, LAPC. I had my, um, my plans to be at LAPC on Thursday, but right. with the injury, I'll try and explain to your viewers a little bit. I have a permanent spinal cord injury, okay? I never – you know, people say, how's your back? It's really not my back. It's my spinal cord. Um, the disc is one of the rarest injuries. I mean, I, I know what it was caused by, who caused it, and uh, it took me, like, literally between six and eight months every day trying to figure out how I could have got this injury. And then I finally figured it all out and I put all the pieces together. And once you put all the pieces together, everything falls into place of, Oh, now I remember why I was in pain here. Uh, Now this happened here. And and, and I started figuring out, but the doctors always told me that, you know, when I fly, especially long distances, I'm going to be in pain because of the fact that the the pressure, when they they pressurize the cabin and depressurize it. Okay. So what's going is is it's that pressure is going on right in my spinal cord and when it pressures and depressurized, it, it uh, causes the, um, the injury to inflame, which then pushes the, infl- the swelling into my, onto a nerve, which shoots this horrifying pain down my leg into my foot. That's why you see me at the World Series in a scooter every year, because if I, walk, I walk perfect, but I just can't walk more than 50 yards. It's kind of like um, if uh, the doctor explained it to me. Let's just say you have a bruise on your arm, and you just keep hitting that bruise after about 30 times hitting that bruise, what's going to happen? It's going to, it's going to get uh, black and more black and blue and more sore. And he's like, well, that's the same thing with your spinal cord, When you are walking more than 50 yards. It's like every time you're walking, it's kind of like hitting it when you're walking. And then when you, if you walk too far, pain goes right. down your leg and my foot. So as I'm, I play poker there for three days in Washington, DC. Uh, they hooked us up a, a private game and uh, they had the regulars and, uh, even the regular game. So the best game was Sunday night, which I, they told me would be. But even the other two nights, uh, their regulars would be like considered a soft game in 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 the, in uh, Vegas. You know what I'm saying? Like right. the Vegas people would play so much harder. So I did uh, pretty well. You know, I I always give Phil a piece because we since he started taking a piece of me, we've won like 32 out of 33 sessions. So. Uh, and by the way, the only the only session I lost like was uh, when he didn't have a piece of me. I lost like three grand. So uh, uh, I'm really superstitious. I'm real superstitious.
0: Explain your relate Phil helmuth You know, Phil and I are involved in numerous business together. He's been on the podcast a friend of mine. You know, um, explain to me your relationship with Phil because he seems to have such a liking for you, and you guys are always traveling doing stuff together you're on shows together and you've known each other for like you said the first hand you played with him back in the day what's your describe your relationship with phil Helmuth? so
1: mine and phil's were always a uh, a acquaintance type of relationship for most of our lives in other words we talk once a month we would see each other at tournaments we would hang out um and uh even when i won nbc head up we were not really close. We were friends, but we were not really close. So I was still, I would still always go after him because I knew how to push his buttons and, and get him to go on tilt. And um, once we became, and we became, I'm not, I'm not going to lie, over the last year, year and a half, not probably two years, we became really close. And the last six months, I probably consider him my second best friend now. So we, we went from uh, pretty much talking once a week from two years ago to about six months ago where we talk every day. So we're, uh, I consider myself uh, definitely one of my top two or three best friends in the world. And, um, you know, uh, getting close with Phil Holmuth is the uh, best way to put it. He's such a good-hearted person, but he also uh, <laughs> he's a special guy. Right? I mean, so like uh, uh, I have to be a good friend every time that like he, he loses or runs bad it's like uh especially the monday night games now he has his home game monday nights and i usually get the uh, he hasn't been running here lately so i get approximately nine forty-five every monday night i get the ring just still home with him, like, oh honey i'm like here he goes right we would always we, and between me and my girl we we'd put him on speaker right and then uh we'd always like listen to him whine and bitch about bad he runs and drop drop about 10 or 15 names and so we would always laugh and we're just like you know, we're holding our our phone. We're just going,
2: hey, yeah. you know, because yeah. you know how Phil is, right? He's so
0: funny. Yeah, he and and he's a so passion He takes it so you know, it's like it means so much to him. And yeah, he's a passionate. He does. Guy. I mean, like last night. Okay, so we figured out uh, we, we we we
1: again. I don't want to be all over the place, but I'm gonna. I just have to to go here because gets over here. So we we've we've now figured out that all the people we went on, we all went on a trip to Cabo for Super Bowl weekend, right? And. uh the big joke about it is, is everybody, we, we had like a 11 bedroom. Uh, we rest, we, we rented Rusty Wallace's, uh, 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 here it is. Uh, Villa Las Palmas, right. Yeah, nice. hatches, yeah. yep. And so, um, you know, it was fun. And Phil, bit, of course he had to bid on the, on the most, it was like 12,500 Phil, Phil bit, bit, uh, you know, I think that's our food service. Like she ordered all kinds of stuff from all over the world she refuses to let me go out of the house um yeah. so which is good she, she takes care of me so um so uh
2: still, Phil bids bid like, yeah.
1: bid like 3500 for the master bedroom another person bid like 2100 another person for the other two so like and the rest were five of us uh, on the other bedrooms and it ends up a couple of people don't show up so I end up getting my own room anyways without having to pay extra so that worked out kind of good
0: um but we end up having a really good time,
1: so um, so you guys are uh, very
0: close, yeah. Obviously, Phil's very networked and active and, and has good games, and, and he's busy. Phil's a hustler, like, he you know, he's a guy on we're on multiple investments, he's bringing me stuff. I see he, he's yeah. got his hands in everything, he's doing the charity events, mm-hmm. he's the show. He's, he's a grinder. You and Phil, I'd say you, Phil, yeah. I, Negron, you, you know, uh, yeah, Antonio, you guys are the guys who are on high stakes poker, right? That's like partly. Yeah. Of- Was the thing that got you really visible and everyone has known you guys for so long? How did tell me Mm -hmm. about that? How did you get in? Would would you say was that your platform? Was that your break to kind of because you've won some tournaments? People there are a lot of tournaments. People have tournament success. What makes Mike the Mouth so well known, likable? What what was the thing that that uh, got you to be on uh, Poker? How did you get it to be on
1: the show? Well, I mean, I mean, people don't realize it's like uh, I mean, in two thousand and five, I was probably the best no limit. I might've been the best all around player in the world. I mean, and if I wasn't, it was top three. So, uh, and it was me, Ivy, uh, I don't know. Me, Ivy, Dave Oppenheim, uh, uh, Dave Benjamin, John Hennigan. Uh, but I mean like if you, if you combine tournaments and cash games and all the games, I, I mean, I was just dominated both and I was just crushing. And, uh, you know, that kind of, you know, we're going back a little bit of how I ended up with Full Tilt. Uh, uh, I'll never forget, like, the Poker Stars people were begging me, right? And Howard and them were like, you're staying with us no matter what. And I was, you know, these are my friends, you know. And so I'm very loyal. So uh, uh, I ended up uh, staying loyal and going with Full Tilt. And it ended up being the best thing I ever did, you know. I remember even it was uh 2008 you know, uh, might even been two thousand nine where we were recruiting uh, Liv Boree to go to. to uh, Liv and me were really close friends, and um, you know we're debating. Uh, like, I might talk to her, or get her to come on with us, right? And they were, we were going back and forth on on bids to get her, and uh, she luckily made the right choice of going with Poker Stars, and uh, uh, and I, I I thank God every day she did that because uh, you know if she would have ended up. You know, she, was, she wanted to go to full tilt. It ended up being over like a, a small amount of money, because that's what they were. They were cheap, and you know I knew what they you know. kept telling everybody how. If I you know, it's really funny, if I would have just followed my instincts and just left full tilt the year before, I would have been like a hero in the world. You know what I mean? Because every inch about me, you know, told me what was going on, that something wasn't right, and my brother kept telling me, "I know for a fact, there's going to be a big sting... The FBI get all your money off full tilt, and I was like, "Dude, you're just jealous of me. Shut the fuck up. You don't know what you're talking about." I had three hundred thousand on full tilt. I never got. You know what I mean? So, um, you know,
0: I I look back at there, and uh, I'm glad she did that and made the right choice. How you know? how how did when that was like going down, and it was uh, kind of crazy, like in terms of, you know, I don't, I'm not fully up to speed. I think there was the power yeah. letter, did a bunch of videos afterward, or some stuff. I honestly never even mm-hmm. saw it. Um, but how, how it was handled and ended, how did they like, let you know did, was it, was there any type of like, well, or is it just like you woke up and it was basically, did you know, I mean, you knew not, you knew a bit before that there was some problems. It wasn't like the day of, you woke well, up. And closed or I'll, was, I'll, I'll go
1: like this. Okay. Uh, and then we'll, we'll move forward. I, okay. I so a month, uh, let's see. So April, uh, back tax day of April of, of 2011. Back so, so, um, the, Last week of February of 2011, me, my agent, my lawyer went to Howard's house, said, because my contract, you know, said I'm supposed to get this, this and this, and they were not paying me this, you know? So basically, I mean, they owed me an extra like 150000 a month for like the last, for two years, and I never got, you know? And so they, and, and I, this is something I, I'll say it, and if anybody wants to doubt it and call me on the phone, I'll go. Before, I'll take a lie detector test. I don't give a shit. I walked in. They said, Mike, we, we are really sorry. I know you should have got your rage. You're supposed to be getting this much money. He goes, we're doubling your, your income starting next month. He goes, we, we're, we're having really a lot of problems with processing. And we've put away $500 million because in case we, there's a chance we could lose the U.S. market. And if we lose the U.S. market, we want to make sure you're still set for life. Now These are my friends for life. So how am I to argue with them? I mean the right. story sounded smart. It sounded real. So I'm like, okay, I'm like, if that's what's going on, I'm I'm fine with it, you know, that I haven't got the money. I'm like, because but he promises me I get double on the starting April first. I'm like, all good. I, I go whatever it takes to keep the company going. And then comes Black Friday and that was all live. They had no money in the bank. They had sixty million in the bank and they had nobody's players' money in the bank. They had nothing. And uh it was all a lie. You know what I'm saying? And the truth of the matter is, is this is why for a year and a half before Full Tilt went down, I told everybody how greedy – I kept saying how greedy they are, how greedy they are, how they're fucking me. And everybody, why are you talking bad about people playing this? I go, because these are supposed to be my good friends, and they're lying, and they're greedy fucks, you know? And um, and I end up uh, being right. But the thing was is I needed that. You know, I was getting like 40000 a month, right? I needed that money because – I was a d gen I would like you know get my forty thousand a month and lose it online or lose a bet in sports and and i'd owe i'd owe twenty of it next month so i I was kind of dependent on them, which is why i I kind of stayed and didn't leave and, it, and I look back at it It's one of the worst you know one of the bigger, bigger mistakes i ever made but um you know, i was just you know i was just lied to and it's uh it hurt it hurt because these are people from nineteen ninety seven through 2011. These are my closest friends. These are people I talk to every day. And you know, these are people that came when I was when I got set up and I was in jail every day. They came to visit me every day. These are my close friends. And for these people to have lied to me the way they did, and uh, you know, it's all I mean, these Even Ray Bittar, two years ago, guy's a fucking big, fat, ugly slob, right? Gets married at a twenty million dollar wedding as he told everybody he was broke, and then he had a heart problem, so he didn't have to do any jail time, you know. Like, all, all these fucking guys are set for life, you know? I mean, I love Chris Ferguson to death. I really believe that he didn't – and I don't believe that it was his fault what happened. And like, he still got all the money. He didn't have anything to worry about. Well, I was sitting there eating Taco Bell every day to fucking survive. When, they, what, you
0: know, Ray, when they I thought – so what? Ray Bittar is not uh, – he's healthy? I thought he was very sick or is – or that was – He's fucking he, – that was all bullshit. I, mean, right. he's, I don't know. He's, he he that ugly slob
1: married a supermodel in a $20 million wedding like two, three years ago, two, three years ago, so I don't think he's... I think he's fine, you know? Okay. And, and, fine. And, 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 you know, I don't want to, like... I don't know people's uh, um, personal yeah. wealth or whatever, but I do... The only thing I, I, I will say this is Howard Letter... I me and Howard were fucking best friends, you know? And uh, he used to tell me this. Everybody's having fun spending all their money. He goes, I can't find more places to invest. He said every quarter he's making he's putting away. He goes, so I'm gonna I'm gonna have a hundred million, I'm gonna have all this, whatever. You know, so he wants to tell me he's only that he doesn't have any money anymore or whatever. whatever, maybe he doesn't, but you know right. I just right. he did tell me yeah.
2: that
0: fair enough. That that's all I just want to kind of get a timeline yeah. and understanding. I don't want to spend the story on that. Just interesting yeah. the history of poker. It was a – yeah it's a monumental site. It was a, it was the pros. The faces of poker all aligned, and you know it's it was a uh, interesting time. So let's let's fast forward. Um, let's fast forward a bit and look through your career, and then we're going to take some questions. So you win, you win your first bracelet. So you didn't have to stew long. You got second. You you had it basically locked up. You got the lion's share of the money. Then next yeah. year you win first. You take down a okay. bracelet, and and then at that did that affect? Was your banker already kind of built up at that time? Had you had you yeah. Sort of lifted? Yeah, it
1: was. Yeah, it, it was, did. but you know, it's a funny story. I like to tell a story. I was out, I was outside when Stu Under won is, is third. I spent that whole, that was the only time they ever had
2: it outside on, on Fremont Street.
1: And uh, it was May, because the World Series used to be April, May. And they were having a first week of May, they had a record heat wave. It was like 110, when it's normally like 85, right? But I stayed out there and I watched that whole final table, right? Wow. I watched everything and I'm just looking and, and then, uh, you know, like people like Eskimo Clark are giving me a bunch of some advice. TJ's teaching me a little bit, Cloutier. And, um, you know, they, they were teaching me how to pick up dead money. You know, these are the most important things, how to pick up dead money. You know what I'm saying? Uh, but now everybody, all they all know how to pick up dead money. So now they, I always tell people, well, what's changed now between now and then? Well, in 2011, everybody was fighting for the dead money preflop. It's not so much dead money since everybody's learned how to pick up dead money. The game is basically from pre-flop to post-flop. And that's basically what's changed. And uh, a lot of times where I do make a mistake is when I let myself think that I could three-bet big with nothing. And you know the people's stacks are deep. I have to remind myself that that doesn't work no more. You have to, you know, you it's really important to use your image, see lots of flops, play a lot of hands post-slop, uh, which I was always really good at. But uh, So the adjustment to me wasn't that hard. Uh, the adjustment for other people, a lot of people, has been tough, you know what I'm trying to say? Because if you are able to just always, like, move in, move in on people where they, they can't call you, you know, the game's going to be pre-flop, you know? Um, mm-hmm. When the stacks are deep, and nobody's going to move in 250 big blinds because that would just be stupid. They're going to win this much, so the game has just become post flop. So um,
0: and back uh, then, I, how was it when you won that first no limit event? Where people, what was the style like? Give an example. Was there not really any three betting? Like what made you? It was why the only you ones that the three betters,
1: the the three betters were, were were me, um, the Irishman who won the World Series that day that year. Actually, uh, all right, he's the one that gave me all the chips at the final table. With two deuces when I had Kings. And, um, uh, you know, they're like me, Lane Flack, Carlos, Daniel, uh, Huckseed, uh, Phil, uh, and then Ivy. Ivy didn't really become a no limit player until 2004. So, uh, 2003, 2004, he was more of a stud player. Uh, so, uh, me, we were like, like all the top players. So, um, when I was at that final table, the first no limit tournament I ever played, and but i spent time studying you know what i'm saying i'm like how do i put my aggressive limit them skills and and adjust them to no limit knowing you make one mistake you're out you know what i mean right so i took that with the advice i was given by a lot of people on how to pick up dead money and uh, you know back in the day there was a thing like okay so the guy loses a hand before, a hand and he raises the next hand you just three bet him because he's always tilted from the hand he lost on hand before. And when you right. three bet him big back then, you know, you know that was called picking up dead money. You know, um, I mean, even to today, that that probably works. But you're so deep, a lot of people knows a lot. Of, they'll think that you're doing that, and then they'll four bet you big or whatever. Right. So people, yeah, you know, everybody, everybody knows, everybody knows, everybody knows. So, right. so the game uh, kind of kind of switched to to to, to a lot of, mostly preflop.
0: It, it, are you any any things like what you've noticed watching tie rollers tournaments tv poker now what do you think that we're so far past they've got the big blind any now speeds up the game shot clocks in a lot of venues you know these type of things are, are great inventions but poker seems very uh robotic not a lot of talking not a lot of animation not a lot of stuff i actually had uh matt savage on the podcast recently and we were discussing the rules because they're very different or perceived different in the u.s versus in the UK or in Europe. So in Europe you can talk, you know, like the William Kasoofs train of thought, chatting over the top, talking about everything. Whereas in the US, the dealers and how it sort of is is you can't really talk about hands or you're not supposed to like engage in the hand. It seems like that that is how the dealers and people are trained now to not really allow talking. Like literally if you start talking to a guy like, man, what do you got here? They're like, no can't do that. Or like, I think you have this and you can't do that. And it's like, Matt actually. It's bad for the game. For the game. Listen, when, when you play, that,
1: that that's the thing, you know, when you're playing high rollers, you know, you, you really can't talk because you're playing all the best players in the world. You know, I don't play high rollers because, because, uh, you know, I, I have a different opinion. I vote, I believe poker is about playing people. When you're playing, making money, it's about people who play worse than you. You know, if you're playing, all them people are playing high rollers. I mean, you, you see anybody dominating i mean the, the money just goes around and around yeah adrian mateos does good and and uh, a couple others do but, but the money's just always going around and around and, around. and it's going to go around, and around, and around because the difference and i tell people this all the time the difference to the best player in the world which might be right here and a guy that's me which is probably right well i'm a lot higher i i thought i was down here but i'm I'm more closer to here. I didn't realize that. Phil kept telling me I was, but I didn't realize it. So I've been playing a lot more with these people and people don't understand and they get big egos or whatever that that difference can only come out, will show over a 10, 20 year period because the short term, you can't show that that much of a difference will not show up short term. You see what I'm trying to say? Right. And so when, when people go on these big rushes and and you see, and they and their egos go to their head, and then the next thing you know, they don't want a tournament for next year. You know, it's
2: it's like,
0: yeah, it's, you're right. no, it's, you're right. It's 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 a good point about the games. You know, you want to play good games. You want to play in games you can beat that you're definitely a favorite. And you start talking about, yeah, like you throw you in the high roller circuit or. I played high rollers, but like I understand, like you, you listen, you put you in a, a fifty, a hundred k buy-in at one of these trips or somewhere. You could come out and win, like yeah, you don't, you probably not studied every spot, like the GTO, all this right. stuff, but you know how to play poker, you know how to win. Right. But, you know, I, 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 I would, try, I would try
1: to go in there and I would probably crush the first like three, four, five of them. Then they'd go over film of me. They pick up my my weaknesses. Me, I'm too fucking lazy to go over film. I never fucking, I've never watched a fuck, I've never done a sim or a fucking film or none of that shit in my life, you know. Right. And and that's why I, I I don't care what anyone says. You can't teach talent because, you know, I, I've argued this many times, but my results speak for themselves. I played four no limit tournaments in the last five, five in the last two years. Okay, so I played uh uh one of those uh what are they called where you have to win your table uh, shootout shootout. So I play shootout. I draw literally on the table I drew the six Germans that are considered like six of the top ten in the world. Daniel's like, you got no shot at winning that table, Mike, because those, he goes, you just have none, right? Of course, I, that lines a fire under my fucking ass, you know?
2: Like, I'll right. fucking show you.
1: And I played against these guys, and I promise you, okay, I know it. I was the best fucking player. I knew what they had. I knew where they were. I knew they were there trying to make a move at me, and I ended up head up where I grenaded it off because I tried to, and and it, even the the, uh, the one guy said, he goes, It would have worked if I didn't hit an eight on the turn, right? Because I, I was like, I was folding a lot of buttons, raised it, folded. You know, I'm trying to act tight. That's what I do. I, I try and act tight. And then when the limits go up a little bit, shut up, Flash. And when the limits go up a little bit, you know, I kind of, you know, I switch gears and I use my image and right. I threw that real big and he called. Flop came Queen what? up. Right? I had Ace King and my Queen jack i bet he called and then eight came on the turn he checked i bet he called then i moved in and like he watched me all day he's like
3: man mike's never
1: moved in mike's never put it back you know he's never put it chip in and it took him like four minutes to call me with queen point eight he had queens and eights and he told me straight out he would never have called me in an eight on the turn
0: because right. you
1: know my eight was so tight so it's like it's
3: you know yeah, you know, I
0: tell yeah, people you, know you can compete, you know, you know you're you're a damn good card player, you've been playing a long time and you know how to play. There's no question about it. Um what what do you what do you think about this stuff? What's going on with the, the virus and all this stuff and the WSOP? I mean you're in Vegas, right? Is that what's it like there? It's like is it is this like yeah, it's crazy because the casinos are shutting down. Like what's happening? What what is your view? It's it, the it's an, well, the entire world's a catastrophe. Um
1: and uh, I really think, uh, I, man, I'm an emotional person, right? I care about people. I've been very, very fortunate to not make the mistakes that I've made in the past, uh, put myself in a lot of good games, uh, got myself a pretty decent bankroll. You look good. I'm, you look healthy. Yeah. And I I told everybody that I owe money to when my bankroll reaches uh, a certain amount okay, which was, I was like, only like 30,000 away from it, by the way. I said, every quarter I make after that, you guys get it all, you know, but I'm not going to do what I did like the last three or like two years. Like I went 150,000. I pay out 125. I have 25 left. I lose two days in a row and I was broke. So this year I, you know, I did well at the world series. I told everybody I ain't giving out anything. I said, as soon as I get my bank roll up, you know, you can't, you can't People, you know, like I said, I don't owe much money. You know,
2: I owe like one hundred
1: eighty thousand, know, and I owe my parents. But you know, I got to pay these other people first. But but um, you can't if you take the people's money to make money. How are they gonna pay you back? Right. You know, do you really want do you want me to give you five thousand now and then five thousand or ten thousand, and all of a sudden I I lose two days in a row and, and you don't get no money? Or do you want to just let me just work and then you'll get it all in like one clump? You know what I'm saying? So uh, they understood a little bit, and uh, uh, lucky for me that I've put myself in a situation that if I have to be home now for two months straight, I am I can get the bills paid and not worry about things, you know. But
0: What, what does that mean? What does this isolation mean for you then? What are you, it's a guy who plays live poker four or five times a month. You say, what are you doing right now? Are you going to play any? Well,
2: just, you know, just,
1: so. Uh, uh, I was going back to the telling you about the Cabo trip. So all the people we went with with Cabo. Now we set up uh, uh, yesterday. It was probably the most fun I've had in two weeks, and everybody was like really having fun. We set up uh, uh, a a home game from this free app called Pokerrrr. Yeah, I know. Yeah. Okay, and uh, keeps track of all wins and losses for everybody. And then we're we also are all hooked into an app called Zoom in which we have, like, kind of like Hollywood Squares. Like, all nine of us are in the Zoom chat, and everybody's, like, making fun of each other. What do you got? So it's like we're, we're playing on this little app on our phone or on the computer, and then we're on the Zoom app, and uh, we're having a lot of fun. So we played right. last night, a little 5-10. We're probably going to be probably 10-20 today, uh, maybe a quarter 50 by the end of the week. Who knows? Uh, I uh, Very first hand I played, I, I got Ace-King. And I didn't know how to use the the move the chip in and raise. Yeah. And I'm like, uh I'm like, how do you raise? I go, I want I go, I want this hand, every hand. How, you know, how do I raise? And somebody called, I just called to raise, right? somebody had already raised. Yeah. Ice King of Spade. And then call, call, and then one of our friends, like John Ferraro, he makes it like two hundred and fifty, right? And I just know he's just jacking around. I'm like, I go, I go, What are you doing? I said, I told you I want this hand, every hand. All in, yeah. I said. He yeah. calls me he has ace queen comes six six three queen on the fucking turn, and they're all laughing, so I'm a thousand loser right away, but yeah. I ended up then the deck smashes me over the next ten minutes i I was like eight hundred and thirty six dollars winner, but like remember I was telling you I was trying to get my sleep schedule switched around, so I was kind of up all day, so I went to bed kind of early um which uh, I, I and then came my uh my uh my wake up call at two forty five a m from Phil he's like.
3: They
0: beat me for ten thousand.
3: I said, "How can you lose ten thousand in a five ten game?"
0: Right. I've seen bigger. I've seen way bigger, man. Those things on those apps and stuff, it goes fast. It can really get get crazy. I've seen some crazy so he, losses yeah, in there. So, so he's telling me all the hands what happened, and I'm like, Phil, I'm like, how do you not fold there? He's like,
1: Yeah, that was a bad call. Because that was three grand I gave away. I'm like, I right, know. And then there was the other hand where. You know when they check raised him big with Jack ten eight board. He had two queens, and he called off two grand. I'm like, and guy one guy had Jacks and tens, the other guy had King Queen of Spades. But I'm like, you know, when you get check raised two thousand on a Jack ten eight board, I'm like, Phil, your you queens can't possibly
2: get it, be good, you know. Yeah, sometimes
1: yeah,
0: you know. yeah. No, it it can it can happen fast. But so there are ways. There's things you do. Obviously, there's some online stuff you don't really. Play much online? I guess in the you haven't played in a long time. I just right? got me a I,
3: yeah. You know, there's a lot. There's a lot. I'm not going to say any name, right or There's you know, there's a lot of underground accounts and
0: uh, right things.
1: Right. And uh, yeah, you know, we, we pay at the end of the week. Or now with this whole virus, you know, they, they just have people that they were they know it's good, so you pay at the end of, as soon as the shit's over. You know, so I just I got an account yesterday. I Haven't started playing on it yet. Uh, I put a thousand bucks in WSOP.com uh played that tournament yesterday. Um you know, I'm probably gonna play a little bit of that. I'm gonna probably do two podcasts a week instead of one. Uh one we'll have a guest, uh, another we'll just I, I, I kind of like uh do things a little bit uh well our, our the, the podcast was really structured for a while. We would do uh, uh I would talk a little bit, then we'd have uh you know, different segments and then uh we'd have our guest. Uh I started yesterday uh or we started recently uh, instead of recording it because my my editor always he's like a perfectionist he always wants to be perfect. Uh, we started doing uh, we've now done like four live ones in a row. Uh, the live ones are good because uh, they uh, people could call in live. I take live phone calls from all my fans. Um, you know they all want to know what's going on. You know what my opinion is on different things, and uh, I just love talking to people. I love my fans, and so we've been doing that. Uh, but uh, I, it's real important that I, I, uh, I try and get at least a guest once a week and uh, you know in the times we're going through now with all this I totally you know I was gone mainstream I had a bunch of sports people on had a bunch of political people on uh, right now I just I mean I, we got to all be together I mean I, this could end up being the greatest that ever happened in the world you know all the division for
2: sure
0: there's some ways this could really like add, how it all shakes out will tbd but it could become something where we sort of everyone just gets a reset gets the pause take a look at what they're doing their life is and and maybe like even me it's like like i was very politically active
1: you know and now it's like i don't even care i mean there's an election this year and i'm not even thinking about it there's like i don't know i'm a diehard laker fan i don't even think about the fact the nba season's over even though i thought you know, I'm like, oh, fuck, we're going to win a title this year or whatever. It's like all I think about, and this is the good heart in me, is other people. You know, right. uh, I think that's where my life has changed so much. I've got a new book that's, that I'm going to be that I'm working on also. And this time off m- might be able to get me to get it out by the World Series now. But it will be because the World Series will not be starting June 1st. It's called Poker, Pain and Politics. How so All Three Made Me a Better Person. Right. Um, that's a cool and, title. Yeah. yeah. And it all comes, it, it, it basically, it's really not really about any left or right politics. It's it's kind of about the fact that my whole life revolved around the Greenfell. Like literally until 2014, I didn't know, I never, when I met my, my, my girlfriend, I, I told her she couldn't understand this. I have never watched TV in 25 years. I watched Sports Center, Sports. Movies on HBO or anything—I did not even know Netflix existed. I, I showed you what what, what what bubble I was in. I never watched the news. I used to think the news was evil, you know. Right. I just—I never watched anything, you know.
0: So uh, I, i I yeah, no, I that's no, I think you're, like I said. There's uh, can definitely always it's, it's not about what happens, how you react to what happens, and we all have a choice to see how how things pan out. I got to ask you this. I just thought of it, and I I wanted to ask you before you had a very I guess famous infamous chat call with Mike Postle. and is that episode number what was that on here? Was yeah, that,
3: that was uh, probably yeah, it's on there
0: uh, somewhere. Here. I would say that was probably
3: uh,
1: probably about uh, twenty episodes ago. I've done thirty eight, probably episode seventeen or eighteen. I would presume.
0: Oh, Pretty here sure. it is, Mike Postle. Um, yeah, a couple of things. Can you can you? Yeah. I honestly I haven't heard this name in so long. What is what what is going on? Is there any update? Have you had any clarification? Uh, yeah, um, Mike kind of, I, I'm kind of keeping it on the low. Um, this is it, a flow show, man. This is where shit gets exclusive. Let's let's break so, something. I, okay, happening? so I'm in touch with Mike Fossil. He texts me, whatever,
1: and he's like, "I'm you know I'm just about ready to try and prove my innocence, whatever you know." Uh, People don't understand, okay? I have my own opinion of the situation, but I'm not going to go public with it because I'm not going to go out and say, he's guilty, he's guilty, he's guilty, he's guilty, he's guilty, and then all of a sudden he's found himself, he's not guilty, and then the guy starts suing people for libel, uh, you destroying the guy's name, okay? Until proof comes out. We live in a country. See, people forget. Innocent we live in a country, guilty in You're USA. innocent until proven guilty. And see, yeah. this is why... I look at everything going on in the world. It's like going to be a reset. Like you just said, a reset, right? People need to understand, okay, our laws. It's not guilty until proven innocent. Okay. It's innocent until proven guilty. Okay. You can have your own opinions, but I, you know, as somebody, a public figure, as a lot of followers, I'm not going to just throw out something, even though I feel a certain way. You understand what I'm saying? So I've been in contact with him. Um, he wants to come back on the show and clear his name. But the only difference is, is you know, when he does come back on the show, it's not going to be me letting him talk and throwing softball questions at him because I didn't know anything. I was busy playing. I was all over the world. I, I had just played like three or four tournaments, and I really wasn't in tune with what was going on. You know, or, or I'd, I'd seen like three hands. You know what I'm saying? So it was actually, you know, even Herolibus, who originally thought I was it was a really bad interview, you know, text it out, how Mike's the modern-day Colombo. what a genius he did by doing the interview the way he did, because he wasn't coming on Joey Ingram and coming on fucking Doug Polk and going to take hard-ass questions. He's just going to hang up. You understand what I'm saying? So you, you got to treat people with with respect. Let them try and tell a story. You know, he was very, very, very nervous to come on. You know, I, I tell, I've tell told the story many times. Is well, I like, listen, a, a friend of mine, Tim Burt, I don't know if you know who Tim Burt is, He's good friends with Postal. And um, he's like, listen, my friends, I've been friends with this guy 15 years. I mean, he's a stand-up guy. I don't think he did this. And then he hooks me up in a messenger on Facebook with him. And so we're talking. And I'm like, well, I've heard this a little bit. I've seen a couple of hands. I'm like, if you're innocent, I'm like, come on my podcast, right? And uh, it's like, well, uh, I'm getting all the kind of a runaround. And when you, you get a sense of something when you start getting kind of runarounds, you know, and then I'm like, "Dude, this thing just went viral." I'm like, "This is when uh, 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 Barstool Sports reported on it." I'm like, "I'm like, you've got to get on this podcast on my podcast." I go, I will, "I'm going to treat you fairly. I'm not going to ask you any hard questions." I like, if you if you're innocent, man, you, you need to clear your name before this really blows into something, dude. Like an hour later, it's on fucking Sports Center. I'm like, dude, I'm like, they're talking about this on Sports Center, right? I'm like you need to get on, Then Tim Burt's like saying you need to get on. So we, uh, you know, again, he, now he's again like really worried, nervous, whatever. And My girlfriend's like, "Get the fuck out of the way!" And she pushes me out of the way. She starts typing with him, right? And she's like, "Yeah, women—they know how to talk. I mean, say what you want about women. They, I mean, the women are great, but you know, they're you know, love them and hate them. You know, they're they they're smarter than we are. Don't think they're not. They are. Okay,
2: right.
1: okay." You know, that's just what, it's just what it is. You know, just don't deny it, man. Women are smarter than men. Okay. Okay. He's on there. She starts talking. And she's like, she's like, okay, he's coming on the show. So for five minutes, right. So we get him on, right. And I was, you know, trying to just let him tell his story. You know what I'm saying? I didn't want to, I didn't know anything. I just wanted to let him tell a story. You know, and the next thing you know, after an hour, he's just talking and talking and talking and talking, which is which is what I want. Because if you're, you know, if you're a poker player, you know, this is a circumstantial case. If you're a poker player, you want to hear, you should be able to see through the lines of a lot of things I was asking. Him. And, uh, we went from 1230 to like three forty in the morning and he just wanted to keep talking. I mean, I could have had him talking until six thirty in the morning, but I just right. like, I had enough, you know, I, I had my opinion was already set. And I, uh, you know, I, I respect the man. I, to, innocent until proven guilty. And, uh, 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 you know, we're still, uh, and because I showed him respect of that when everybody was crucifying him in the poker world, now uh, he got back in contact with me like a, a couple weeks ago, and he wants to come on the podcast and clear his name and show all show all the things. And uh, so, uh, is, I is there
0: him. is there a trial set? What what is the actual? Well, that's an actually a good question. Like
1: like uh, I had heard from. The lawyer that's suing him, because he's actually working on a case for me, that uh, he had lawyered up, because I told him that I hadn't heard from Mike in a while. And he says, like, yeah, he's lawyered up. He's not saying anything. But now he texted me a couple days ago, and he wants to know uh, if I knew any lawyers for, like, uh, to go after people for libel. You know what I'm trying to say? So, so you know, when he says things like that, I mean, he has enough proof he says to clear his name. I'm, can't wait. I can't wait to hear this. I'm like, oh baby, I cannot
0: wait for this podcast. It's definitely a wild story. Just like anything, it passes, right? Like it kind of like was like Joey Ingram lost his mind, was going this 24-7. And- and- Everyone was losing it. It was so crazy. And now it's like, I don't even know is like, is anything happening, right? And that's like where it's like I don't think anything's ever gonna happen. Matter of fact, Stone's
1: Casino is suing to try and get the case dropped. Because I mean, there's obviously no, I mean, you have to have proof. That's the bottom line, okay? And the proof, see, this is what the weird thing is. My, my, my editor from my podcast, Danny Igloff, yeah. he told me straight out, we've looked at a lot of tape. He says, if he's cheating, it's in the phone. He goes, I used to run the, the live stream for, for my com- company that my piece of shit fucking ex-partner stole from me, uh, by the way.
0: Well, what company is that? His
1: name is uh, Chris Torino. His name is Sax Poker Tour. We sold it to uh, WPT dip, Deep Stacks. We sold it to the World Poker Tour. Um, he literally stole it from me while I was recuperating. Um, they needed uh, – I, I have no problem saying it because I want everybody to know. And I don't blame the WPT because they don't know. And I'm, I'm going to sit down with, with um, the guy who runs the WPT. Uh, oh, all right, I have to keep talking. This guy said, Adam, I need to sit down and talk to you about something. And I, I, I'm going to sit down and tell him the whole story because I know he doesn't know. You know, so uh, they needed 80% to sell and they had 75 and he literally, this motherfucking Chris Torino got like five people who had one point that hadn't even been around the company for like four years to like go and show up at this meeting to get the 80%. I owned like 13%. I was like the second biggest shareholder. And uh, so I didn't have to show up and sign off on that. So this guy basically stole the company. He sold, he sold it to, to WPT, uh, Tristan. Literally had a guy. We had somebody. Tristan had somebody who wanted to buy it for one for for an extra five hundred thousand. I not I'm not familiar with this guy at all. This is this is this is like fucking the story. That I don't care what it takes. I will take this man down. I will destroy his life, no matter what it takes. And you know me, I don't hold voters against anybody. There's. I can't deal with the fact that he works for WPT and gets two hundred sixty thousand a year, whatever he makes why I sit there and had to struggle for fucking two years to survive when I built the company, me, Tristan and Mike's fucking Mike, uh, Ms. We did everything. Chris did nothing. Chris, Chris was just the guy that, that dealt with all the different casinos that got, that got us all the gigs, you know, and, and, and the brand, but me, well, mostly Tristan, but me, because I got sick. I mean, we, we built the thing and this guy, he fucked us all. So, you know, um, I, uh, I will not stop till 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 the one day that Adam Pliska tells me he doesn't work for them anymore when that day happens that's all I care about I don't want to hurt the man I don't want to I'm not a violent person I can't deal with the fact that I I built the company off of my brand and he stole it from under me and fucking stole 300 grand from me while I was in bed recuperating trying to survive It's hard to deal with. You know what I'm saying?
0: And What's his statement? There's no, what does he say when you try to talk to him about this? Oh, no, he just ignored him. Him, my corrupt fucking tax
1: lady, who I literally was, she'd been my tax person for 15 years. I hooked her up in the company, and they did this whole fucking scheme to steal, like, like a minimum of 300 grand that I could prove. You know what I mean? I didn't
2: mean yeah, to trick a, I've a, 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 yeah, yeah. A, you. I've never heard of this story. Yeah, You got to understand. This is a guy that
1: fucking told me in 2013. I have a video on his birthday. Stick with me, Mike. I got videos. You know, you go look up uh, Chris Torino birthday video. Mike, my, my, I'm gonna make you millions. You know, I'm gonna make up for what Full Tilt did to you. He goes, you're, you, you've been here on my side. You know, and he ends up doing worse to me than Full Tilt ever did to me. You know what I mean? So, and then I get, this, and then I have this injury. Right. So, you know, you put these two together, you got, I, I, I'm bedridden. Uh, you know, then I have all these complications and this guy's busy stealing my company from me while I'm recuperating. That's, you gotta be an evil person to do that, you know? So that's that's, that's one thing I think about all the time is just, you know, what am I going to do one day to destroy this guy? But you know, whatever happens happens. I, uh, I'm a very forgiving person. I don't hold grudges, you know, but, um, like, even the guys set me up to put me in jail, cried on my shoulder. I'm so sorry what I did to you. I'm like, and I was like, why would you do this to me? I'm like, you, I don't sell drugs. I don't do any of this. Why would you do this to me? And right. he's like, and, you know, he's like, well, he goes, I made, he goes, they were going to put me in jail and then they were going to fucking deport me back to Iran and I was going to lose my doctor's license and I had to come up with this. And he starts crying and bawling, and bawling. I'm so sorry. He goes, I, I made a mistake. He goes, I cried every day you were in jail. Can you please forgive me? And I'm like, I forgive you, but I can't be your friend. You know, his name's Keon Cave. And uh, in life, you can't hold grudges. Um, If you can't forgive, you can't move your life forward. That's the best way to think. Um, I can't forgive what fucking this Tarina did to me because he did it to me while I was bedridden with an almost paralyzing injury see what I'm saying? And he just kept lying to me and lying to me and lying to me as he was stealing the company from me. I mean, that's a big, big difference than a guy that set me up to put me in jail for six months and because he was going to be deported and put in or put in jail for 10 years. Okay, he says, you know, he said I made a mistake. I should have took the I should have took the blame. Uh, I was scared. And he, 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 I mean, I believe his apology was sincere. I mean, he was in tears. This is, I don't know, probably 2000 and let's see, I was in jail too. Probably about 2010, 2011. You know, I, I said, listen, I forgive you, but I can't be your
3: friend. Cause he kept coming up wanting to be my friend
1: when I was playing poker. I'm just like, I just can't be your friend. I'm like, but I do forgive you because this, uh, people make mistakes. But uh, I forgive everybody when people make mistakes, you know, but I, I, Unless this fucking Chris Arena comes up with 150 fucking thousand of me and, 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 and tells me it's just never going to happen. You know what right. I mean?
0: I apologize. Uh, but I me. I yeah, I, I, that's, uh, I didn't mean to trigger you. I, I didn't, I've never even heard this. I didn't know. I, the name yeah. sounds familiar, but I didn't even know. I do know about WPD Deep Stacks. I'm good friends yeah. with Tristan, and I know he put a lot of time, effort, and sweat oh, in there. Me and Tristan put a lot of time. Tristan. Yeah. Tristan got fucked That's for a long time, but he got fucked
1: pretty good too. Because, I mean, I mean, we, we, we you know, while I was recuperating, I was talking to Tristan. Tristan was like, Mike, I got this covered. Don't worry. Um, he goes, I'm, I'm working with Chris. Uh, we, we got it covered, Mike. Just just get better. But Tristan, he had no idea. Like, he just thought that, that Chris was telling
2: me everything.
3: You know what I'm saying? Because he knew that I was so bald. He had no idea that he did. I'm like, didn't it, uh, you know, and I said to Chris, uh, me and Tristan, we talk every day. And we're really Your
0: close. audio cut a bit, Mike. Your uh, audio kind of cut. Your audio you like me? went out. Uh, yeah, I can hear you, but it, it was just a little fuzzy. Yeah. Uh,
3: so me and Tristan, you know, uh, you know we talk, I talk to Tristan, like, at least, at least a couple times a week. Um, and so we were, um, I'm like, I was like, Tristan, you didn't find it funny when they needed 80% people to, to make the sale go through. And I wasn't there. He goes, yeah, I thought it was weird, but he goes, I thought it was because of your injury, and you were at home. He goes, uh, I'm like, no. I go, you didn't find it weird that, that this guy, this guy, and this guy, who hadn't been in the company for four years, were at the, were there to sign off, and I wasn't there. He goes, I look at it now, and yeah, now I, you know, uh, at the time, he just, he, he just, he knew I was sick, and he just figured Chris was telling me what was going on, and you know, that's what kind of happened. He basically stole the company and stole the money and.
0: Damn. Well I hope, you, I know, hope you, have to,
3: you have to understand how hard that is on somebody. Not you had the full tilt fiasco, right? Then I then I I work I staked me, I got myself on my feet, I had like a million dollars again, you know, I was back on my feet doing well. I'm putting all this time into the company, me interested and in everything. And then I have this major injury. And and a guy who's you consider probably your best friend, you trust more than anybody, is doing everything he can. Okay, hold
0: on for a second so audio. Yeah. The audio just kind of cut out of I mean, I can hear you. It's
3: no, just no. No, it's Just getting a little, hold on. I don't know why. Probably been on the phone for a while, about two hours. No wonder. Uh, let me just plug this in. No big deal. Um, and when, when somebody you, you, you totally uh, trust in your life, right? And you can, you consider him your best friend. You just believe he's, you know, that person's being honest and, and telling you the truth. And as it ends up being that this guy was, uh, hang on one second. Uh, and this guy was like, like, like stealing everything you work for, you know. And he was actually, a, a, you know, like my calls him a sociopath. He's an absolute fucking sociopath. So, um, you know, it, uh that was that was
1: probably the hardest thing uh, ever on me with, with, when this guy did this. Because you know, I'm at my most vulnerable. I, uh, I had a surgery that was not life-threatening, but there was a really good chance I was going to be paralyzed for life. I mean, there was. There was. The doctor told me 10% chance, but I don't know. The night before he, I, I mean, I was comfortable with the operation and, but the night before, and he calls me, he says, do a lot of praying tonight. I'm like, okay, this is way worse than they're telling me, you know? Yeah. So uh, that scared me a lot. Um, and then when I got a second opinion on my injury, cause I have all these other problems from it about two years ago, he told me that he looked at the MRIs before the surgery. He's like, man, he goes, I've I've done thousands of surgeries. I've, this is the sixth worst one I've ever seen. And the guy who wow. did my surgery told me it was the worst one he'd ever seen. And he says you should. He says
2: you should thank God every day you're able to walk. He goes, I look at this MRI and I don't even know how you're able to walk. So wow. when I heard that and got that
1: second opinion, that that really changed. You know, that was a game changer for me. That that, that, that kind of changed. You know, like, you know, start appreciating appreciating things and um and like I said, I. Uh, you know, about, you know, going back to my book, Poker, Pain and Politics. You know, it's not a left-right thing. It's like my whole life revolved around the Greenbelt. And politics made me realize all the people that are suffering from bad policy decisions that were made by former presidents, whether it was Bush, Obama, Clinton, that have gutted middle America.
3: And people don't know. We're poker
1: players. You know, we don't know what's going on. I mean, fuck, we don't watch them. You know, we're just, we play poker. But, you know, you get to learn and, like all these people that lost, I had no idea there was like hundreds of thousands of factory jobs gutted Detroit, Ohio, all middle America. I mean, this is what this is what got Trump elected. You know, I, I didn't know that. You know what I mean? So uh, when people that, you know, want to say whatever, they need to understand there's people suffering and they're suffering because of bad policy decisions by former presidents, whether it was Bush, Clinton or Obama. Right. So uh, makes, makes sense. that's where the
0: politics comes in. I want to, but we have so many questions. I do want to ask on a couple more, one more subject. Uh, You wrote a book, an autobiography titled Check Raising the Devil released Mm -hmm. in May 12, 2009. Just give me a real quick, let people know what that is and where they can get that.
1: Yeah, you can, you can, uh, you can get that on Amazon. Uh, You can get it on any, uh, pretty much anywhere, I guess. Um, You know, if anybody hasn't read the book, it's, um, I mean, everybody reads, it says best poker book they ever read, you know? Yeah.
0: Um, What's the title mean to you okay
1: so check raising the devil uh i came up with that um title because it uh i in the early 2000s was i'd never done a drug in my life never i was anti-drug i drank maybe once a month and uh i met a stripper on a cruise she got me to do ecstasy for the first time What um, year this? this was 2000 and um the, and before that though i was i i would win like thirty thousand a day every day i mean i i just never lost and i would come home and i would cry all the time i never understood why i was crying and uh then once i started doing ecstasy um it kind of brought me, gave me a personal life i never had you know you, i don't know if you've ever done it before but um it kind of uh it kind of changed the way i uh perceived the world and um a lot of people, you know, you read about people who've done ecstasy, have had life changing experience. And I had a life changing experience. Like the next day I did it, I looked at the sky. The sky was bluer. The mountains were, were nicer. Uh, the way I looked at people was completely different. It changed the whole outlook of my life. And so uh, the next thing you know, that led to one thing that led to another thing that led to another thing.
3: And the next thing you know, I was,
1: you know, a lot of people think I, I did all this coke and all this shit. I went out on a weekend. I would, it was, uh, I used to tell people this all the time. I'd be like, I'd have, uh, cause I had all the money. You gotta remember 2000, I had all the money, you know, uh, nobody. so I'd have t- a group of 20, 20 of us. We'd go out, I buy the pills for everybody. You know, I think like I don't know, less than 20 bucks a pill. I'd buy them for like $8 a pill cheap. And I buy a hundred of them, take everybody out. Then we go out and party all night. And then we do after hours at my house. Cause I had like a really nice pool. They didn't have pool parties back then in Vegas. So, uh, you know, I was basically, uh, doing all that and the next thing you know i realized that one thing led to another and i was doing ecstasy then i was doing a little bit of coke and then i was brain dead on tuesday so i had to get myself focused to play poker so this girl's like take a little bit of this and i'm like what is that she's like it's speed i go what's speed she goes don't worry about it it's going to help you focus you know i I didn't know i'm an idiot you know so I, i started taking the speed and i'm ray d ray d cardini told me don't do that mike don't do it he goes trust me he goes he goes, I do it. She, he goes, I've done a lot of it. it. It's very addicting. It'll destroy your life. Of course, I thought I could control everything. Because mm-hmm. and, uh, for the first six months doing crystal meth, I won like 1.2 million. I was like so locked in. It's like I was like seeing through the cards. And I'm like, oh, yeah, that'll work. But it turns on you. It turns on of you. Course. So I'm not, yeah. it, it, it's, listen, crystal meth the worst thing you could ever do. I call it meth yeah. is death and it makes you think you're playing good and you're superman as people are lining up to play with you and you're up for 3 days so uh it was like uh, one day i came back from from uh, paris i won like 360,000 then i came and party with some stripper for 2 days and i said holy shit i've only slept 2 days in the last 9 i'm like this is, this is sick and i went i went and fucking checked myself into a doctor i said listen i i need to quit doing it i don't want to do drugs ever again i need help right and he said, this is how it's going to be. And he gave me some antidepressants and some stuff to get me through. He said, you're going to have the, the urge for a year and a half. He goes, you got to just fight through it. And I believed everything this doctor told me. And I had the urge for a year and a half. And I quit cold turkey. And uh, the rest was history.
0: Wow. That's fucking crazy. I'm not, yeah, I don't know. That's one that I don't even really know anyone that's done. Yeah. Or at least that they've shared. So, I mean, because that, that's about as heavy as it gets, right? That's as well, day, the, the, you know? whole,
1: the, whole, the crazy thing is the whole poker world was on ecstasy and and uh meth for about two years uh, really? a, lot of, a lot of very 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 top learners i don't i'm not naming names yeah, of anything. course oh, you know no. and, and a lot of them a lot of them didn't get clean till three four years ago completely you know right. i mean it, it's a the ex especially the, the meth thing is the toughest thing in the world to get off of you know, is I don't that, know. How-
0: that, is, that what, is that what it comes from check raising the devil? Is that we referring to? Yeah.
1: So what it is is, I I realized I got diagnosed with a bi- uh, uh, a mild case of bipolar. Like they have the bipolar where you're like you're like angry and happy, uh, and you're you're belligerent and you're you know. I had the one the bipolar the milder one where, like, I would just be get depressed all the time. So uh, what I was doing is I was using street drugs to to overcome my my um being uh my depression right. and once they, once they put me on uh some stuff to fight my um bipolar uh and uh some antidepressants i never leave, knew, needed street drugs anymore and it, it leveled me off and and uh so that's why it's called check raising the devil because i had to learn to to understand my my the chemical imbalance in my brain you know and so what i was dealing with
0: and a lot and, of people and- have, you know yeah, that's, man, that's, that's heavy. That's heavy stuff. Yeah. I didn't know that either. But well, like, people ask me, you know, why do I, why am I so public
1: about it? Because listen, you, 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 you can't learn from your mistakes unless you be public about it. You know what I'm saying? Um, you know, kind of like the to give you an idea, like the new um, goalie that we have for the Vegas Golden Knights. I mean, he openly like two years ago uh, had to go to for rehab or whatever. And because he was bipolar and he was dealing with all these issues. And, um, you know, there's even, uh, you know, even, even Daniel now, you know, he deals with, you know, understands bipolar issues now. Um, and he even said, you know, I apologize, you know, all the things when I used to say you're a mental case or whatever, because he, he understands it now because he's been doing a lot of reading. And so unless, you know, and if you have to deal with it, it's, it's, it's a hard thing to deal with. So I pretty much opened up about everything I've been through and, um, you know, how the cheating scandal, you be fucking affected me more than anything. I was
0: just going to say that was other, that was like the two parts to that. So this book, but also mm-hmm. talking about that with the Russ Hamilton deal and legal action, you were a victim of that scandal. Cause this is also one of the, you know, speaking of uh, Mike Postle cards showing possibly if he's, in, you know, was on the note, but yeah. this is the, the, the incident that stood out like a decade before um, yeah. this whole ultimate bet that if you're not, you know, like, so I didn't know, how are you directly impacted on that? You were playing there. I, I think I
1: was. I think me and perlov were in, impacted the most. um I thought I would get a million dollars back. They ended up giving me like three hundred fifty thousand back. um I mean, Russ Hamilton used to call me to play him head up. I, I mean, nobody beat me head up Omaha 8 or better. And this guy was crushing me. We were playing three six hundred Omaha 8 or better, right? And then I was playing fifty one hundred No Limit them and then we're even playing.
0: What happened? And before I to interrupt your story, what happened to Russ Hamilton? Is he still around? Did he go to jail? Yeah, or... He's in Florida. He's in Florida. He plays poker in the car rooms in Florida. People come up oh, to yeah. him. He's like, yeah, I,
1: he says, yeah, I did it. What are you going to do about it? I mean, I can't believe somebody hasn't fucking
3: done wow. something, wow. you know, wow. but uh,
1: he's a very bad person. Did he get,
0: <laughs> how, what, did it, how did it work? Did he get fined or go to jail or anything? He got nothing. He got nothing because the company was,
1: <laughs> you know, the company was overseas. There was nothing, to, nothing they could really do about it. And uh he stole twenty-two million dollars. I mean, their company was making like, like eight hundred thousand a day, maybe even a million a day, and uh, that just shows the greed. You know what I'm trying to say?
0: Crazy, right? It, it is crazy. Yeah. I guess it shows you, yeah, when you get like a, a the keys to a castle or an avenue, or you're so blessed or fortunate, right time, right place, and you do something, and then you have to fucking. It's just not never enough, right? If it's like some point, no, if you're that person, that's sick. It's sick. It's actually sickening. To think about what that really what you're saying. That like well, you just yeah, hurt, and,
1: and what nobody understands is what hurt me the most, and this is why I think I'm dominating, I'm doing really good in no limit holding again, is I was afraid I stopped being able to pull the trigger because they were every time I'd like fucking raise them on the river when I cause my instincts were right, I knew they didn't have what they were repping. I, get, yeah. I was
3: called by third pair, fourth pair, that's, no that's pair.
0: That's kind of stuff you can't really put into perspective because you're right. Because think about, think about that exactly. How does that affect your mental play? The next day you're playing a live game. You're on another site that's legit. And now you're like, you're just, you're losing. You're playing different. You're not sure. and, and they, I mean, that, yeah, you can't even put a price on that.
1: Yeah. So, you know, that's why I started. That, that's when I switched up my game in 2007, 2008. I got really nitty because I went from the most aggressive player in poker to the nittiest player in poker. And so in 2007 and this happened in 2008. So uh, but I knew the, but the, 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 the thing that affected me was right after I, I won, I final tabled the main event in 2005 and then I won the tournament of champions.
0: You know, I was yeah, that was person. a million to million, right? Back, yeah, to back. I was the first oh, person I went to
1: a million dollar tournament twi- uh, to make a million dollar score twice in the same year, and that held up until the high roller started. Like maybe what? Like
2: oh, really? Years ago. I didn't yeah, realize
1: that. it wasn't until like like maybe five six years ago that somebody yeah. else won a million dollar score twice in the same year. Yeah, I was the only one. So mm-hmm. um, so uh, you know, and then um uh but all that money i won went right to russ hamilton and 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 i kept giving all the money online and i just knew i was getting cheated i, I lost 50. you know i talk about winning 53 out of 54 sessions I uh, i lost 53 out of 54 i mean there's i just felt it it was the only time i think i've been cheated like three other times but this one was the only time i just knew i was getting cheated i could just feel it you know what i mean and uh it affected me ability to pull the trigger and uh and it I wasn't able to start pulling the trigger again, probably. you know I, again, I look back at everything happens for a reason. so you had you had um you know the the Black Friday in two thousand and eleven, right? And then I was playing all mixed games, no no limit at all. And then came my injury in two thousand and fourteen, uh, in which I basically played like like maybe three no limit tournaments between two thousand and fourteen and like two thousand and eighteen. And then all of a sudden, you know, uh, last year I, I I start I played the LAPC, got twenty seventh, and my and everything like because of all the time off, it allowed me to start pulling the trigger again. In other words, I wasn't thinking about not pulling the trigger because I was going to get called, like I was for years after the after the ultimate bet scandal. I was, you know, I'm just back to being myself. You know, setting up an image, finding the right spots. You know, and and, and, uh, and uh, I I really feel like. Uh, there's a few people I think play better than me, but I, I think if I started playing every day, I, 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 within you're in the
0: matrix. You know that you got. I mean, obviously you're a damn good card player. There's no one who could say anything. You got 9.75 million in live tournament earnings, and you've been around, still the test of time, and and you know you've been through a lot. It's fair to say, just even some of the stuff, some of these things I've heard about or know a little bit about, but kind of realizing the 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 different situations and struggles and, and spots you've been put in are, uh, it's definitely, it's pretty crazy. Yeah. man. Definitely been putting a lot of shit. You so. know, one of the
1: things it's like, it's like when I first met your buddy Mike, right? I uh, I told him, and he didn't know, like coming out of those 2008 Olympics, like how yeah. big a famous he was going to be, right? And yeah. I met him right afterwards, and then uh, on New Year's Eve, we uh, 2008, and we, we, that's when I met him. We were hanging out, yeah. And I told him, um, you know, he did he did something, and I pulled him in the back room, threw him down. I said. Don't ever do that again," I said. "See all these people in this world, in this room. I remember, we
0: were at the we were at the
1: plums. Yeah, we were playing. No, you we were there. The yeah, plums.
0: remember when you when was yeah. smoking that pot? And I said, I said, dude, these people want to no. see you
2: fail. You not know, I but, Mike
0: never. The thing is, Mike, Mike got put in such a bad spot uh, for some of the stuff, that whole thing. But I mean, again, it's like not about what happens, how you react to what happens. But it's yeah. the thing you don't realize how famous you got with poker. Obviously, athletes, athletes, different mm-hmm. things. Guys are. You're put into the limelight where it's just like you don't realize it because you're not thinking about it in like situations that are normal. And it's so crazy to think about now, like, you know, oh, it's like taboo, like marijuana, this and that. And then now it's like on every corner, it's legalized, right. it's wrecked. It's so silly. It's yeah. like, he's like, come on, what are we talking about? But it right. just shows you that, but still, the the example and the, the fact that you got to be. I remember like when the bomb picture came out, and I talked to him on the phone. He's like, Mike, that happened before I met you. He,
2: he
1: goes, that yeah. happened
0: like three months ago. But,
1: you know, it, at least uh, I, I think that he got aware when I told him, you know, because right. when you get famous, everybody's not looking to be your friend. They're looking to take you down because they're jealous of you. Okay. Right. I know it sounds years, crazy. Yeah. I, it sounds crazy, but it's true. They want to be close to you, but then they want to see you fail to say, ha, I told you, you see what I'm trying to say. And that's right. just the way the world is, you know, it's a sick sure. world. And, and, yeah. you know, you know, not, not, not to change the subject or anything, you know. Everything that's going on right now in this world, if it doesn't make the world a better place and make the and unite the country, then the country's finished anyways. If this cannot unite the country, we're the whole But we're basically, in a we're in a war. Again,
0: I'll tell you that. that. Else, I'll tell you something. There, there's a, it's I agree. I think that ultimately it can. I'll tell you the problem, though, is, you know, supply chains. Order operations like the uh, statistics on people that live paycheck to paycheck or have no you shit. Know, it's crazy. Are like, people I cry for. That's why yeah. they're getting the national guard out and stuff. Because, like, guess what? You know, people are fundamentally good. P- good at heart, but yeah. you tell, but you get a guy, a person with a family, a kid, and they got on the same no page. What are they going to do? They got to survive. I mean, that's just that.
1: Exactly- yeah, this you know. is what I've been telling everybody. I'm like, I don't want to be a doomsday person, right? I go, but. When you got people that work paycheck to paycheck, okay, and they got a wife and two kids, okay, and they have no money, okay, they're going to take a gun. They're going to start fucking. They're going to start looting stores. They're going to start holding people up. They're going to start shooting people for food. I'm like,
0: this is going to get ugly fast. No, now. Let's hope, let's hope not. And but you're right. I mean, again, yeah. at, at some point, it's like it's not people don't do it out of uh, greed or you know talking no, about. Honestly. It's fight, so. it's fight
1: or flight. It's fight or flight. Everybody is fight or flight. And, and the one thing I learned when I was in jail for six months is, and I've been fucking, that's why, and me and Daniel's working on some, some programs to help people uh, when they get out of jail is, is like, the reason why people get back in jail is because, you, you. and this is why I'm like, even if they give somebody 25 cents an hour, they get out of jail, they'll have six, 700 bucks, right? So my idea has always been uh, you know you get in jail uh, you, you, you make a mistake they let you out now if it's not a violent offense you get every, and everybody gets $3,000 okay you only have two and a half million people in jail and probably they can release a million of them you get $3,000 if you reoffend that gives you enough money to get yourself uh, first last month's rent and a job right you can take a bus fuck you can even maybe get a, a cheap car right and get on your feet and if they reoffend you put you go in there, and you do double time. You get back out, you get three thousand dollars, right? You reoffend, you get double time. Okay, this is going to put you, you know, this, this 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 puts people in a chance to succeed. When you let people out of jail with nothing, okay, it's fight or flight. You need to get food over your head. So what are they going to do? They're going to rob and steal now. They because they want to go back to jail because they get the three meals a day with a roof over their head. You see what I'm trying to say? And and,
0: and this is this is what's fun, fundamentally flawed in our prison system. I'll tell you what, there's, it's, it's complicated stuff. Cause these are very, there's a lot of smart people. There's a lot of dumb people, but there's a lot of smart people trying to figure these equations and these problems out. And, you know, part of the problem is you're relying on some of the people that maybe mm-hmm. aren't able to make these informed decisions. Like that idea sounds really smart, but like a lot of people, you yeah. give them three grand and they're not going to well, make that, the right well, decisions. Well, that's
1: exactly it. You know, that's why I think it's a joke. So they they're, they're coming up where they want to give, uh uh twenty four hundred plus five- five hundred if you have two so a wife, a wife, and two kids thirty four hundred right and the Democrats are fighting they want to give six thousand i'm like
3: six thousand a month I'm like six thousand a month that's a, that's like uh the top like
1: uh twenty percent of the country makes six thousand a month i mean which,
2: yeah, you, know, great, classes, great,
1: great. you know but if you look at like the average the average pay in the country thirty two thousand a year, you know so they're like. I so think that's is- a
0: family. I don't think that's per person. Think no, that's
1: 2, yeah. They want to get six thousand a family. You have two thousand per yeah. person and a thousand, four thousand plus a thousand. You have two kids. But it's, I mean, that's like uh, you know. I mean, I mean, me and my girlfriend last night were like, I think they should go with sixteen hundred. They, should, you know, the Democrats and Republicans should make a deal: sixteen hundred a person and six hundred a kid. So if you have a wife, two kids, it's thirty-two plus twelve uh that's uh, 4400 for a family and and that's a lot i mean you got to remember most like that, that that's a, that's only like if you're giving everybody you got to remember people who live in middle america fucking they have like 5000 square foot houses that cost 100000 with no bills you see what i'm trying to say so you can't just you know you can't just pick and choose and give out like 5 6000 like, 6, a month you know yeah. and so it, there's a lot of politics involved it right? is.
0: It's, com- it's 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 complicated stuff.
1: Yeah. And I people think I don't understand politics. I I understand more than anybody. I try to tell people all the time. I'm like, just remember this. Not one poker player lives in the real world. Even the guy that's playing one dollar, two dollar, no limit. He's still going to win or lose four or five hundred each time. Right. These most of the country works wife, kid for five hundred dollars a week to put food on the table for their kids. You understand? I'm saying, say that's the real world. So when poker players want to say this is this and this is this, I'm like, you, you, you have no
0: unless you fucking read and understand what people are going through. Right. Not one. Hard to relate. Hard to really like. It's it's one thing. Yeah. It's like, oh man, I can't go play. Yeah. People are saying like, oh, I'm not going to be able to play live WSOP this summer or whatever. But yeah, you're online. It doesn't even cross my mind. Yeah. Exactly. And there's a lot of serious stuff, Mike. We I got. I already know you're going to be a multiple guest on this podcast i would love to join yours as well we we can talk forever let's hit some questions though before we got our first version because i i want to uh i want to take there are some good ones and and just sort of run through some of these and then we'll 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 definitely have to have another episode man you're you're a pleasure to talk to and it's always uh fun to go down memory lane all right let's get in this what is uh your favorite poker memory
1: uh well i mean for so many years it was all about in the 2002 uh, Omaha Eight Championship and beating Daniel uh, coming back from five to one deficit. Which was, which was it?
0: 2000 what? 2002.
1: When I won my the Omaha Eight or better champ, uh, World Series bracelet because I was uh, detoxing from fucking meth, and so uh, I was basically playing poker with no drugs in my body, and I was in I was suicidal the whole entire tournament. So that was uh, was for many years my my bait my the thing that i always said would be the number one and nothing would ever top it but i will have to say that the number one has to be winning the uh, nbc head up in 2013 because um i had a dream i won it and i wasn't even going to play it i had fucking idiots like uh, olivia Bousquet saying i'm I, I can't play at all i shouldn't even be playing in it and then i beat like five of the top six players in the world uh, three of the best no-limit play- head-up players in the world. All three of them said that I played off the chain, and I did. I got in the zone, and uh, I, like I said, I had a dream. I won it, and I and I won it. And um, even though Phil at the final table, it was like a really weird – it was 750 for first, 400 a second. And Phil's like, let's save 100. I go, I don't want it. He goes, come on, let's save 100. I go, Phil, I had a dream. I won the tournament. You can't win. Right? I said, but you know what? We're friends. I'll, get, I'll, I'll save 100. So we went uh, 650, 450 whatever. So, that's uh, good, uh, I'll say, yeah. I'll say, yeah, so I'll say that that was, I, I think NBC head up was the best because so many people on social media were saying, I, I suck. I, I can't, shouldn't even be in the tournament,
0: you know? And uh, so, uh, you know, that put me, re- I was even more focused to
1: win that. So. All right.
0: Well, that's, those are a couple of good ones for sure. What is your most degen moment you have ever done? Like some crazy, oh, run on a roulette, blackjack, a sports bet. What's like one so where I, you just, I, this, went, went, this one's this yeah. is the easiest answer in the world. Okay. so, This was um,
1: after Black Friday. I had one hundred fifty-one thousand in my box, um, and I were going to play four hundred, eight hundred over it. Uh, I had had moved my box over. I given I had my box for at the Bellagio for so many years, but we had moved the mixed game over to uh, Aria because JRB was getting paid to run this fucking game, and he was like the the Star attraction of the game, right? And uh, so I get shut out by lot by less than five seconds by Dave Skolansky, who never plays, right? It's cool. by the way, if Skolansky's in a poker game, get on the list, that means the game's off to really. He, would, he never will play a bad poker game ever. He's always in a game that you know, you know, he, him and Mason they own two plus two, and you know, he makes plenty of money off books and all that. But if he when he plays, it's it's always uh, a good game, but um, wow. yeah, so uh. So I get shut up at like five seconds. I'm like, really? Fuck me. So I'm like, okay, maybe I'll get in a couple of hours. So I grab 50 grand out of the box. and I go play pie gal poker. I ain't played pie gal poker since I was 21. Uh, I said, you know, pie gal poker, they, they rate 5%, whatever. But it goes back and forth, back and forth, right?
3: I'm like, I'll play a hand with
1: pie gal. I play a thousand a hand, you know? If I lose, I play play 1,000 a hand. If I lose, I play 1,000 a hand. If I lose, I'll play 2,000 a hand. You know, right. Pai Got just goes back and forth. It's like, how many in a row can you lose? So anyway, the next thing you know, I'm down 50,000. Go to my box, get the other 100, fucking 1,000 out. Sure. Right? And now now, now, after like six hours, I got a fucking seat. I'm like, I don't want to play, right? And everybody's trying to get me off this Pai Got poker table. I ended up okay. playing for 36 hours straight Pai Got poker.
0: Losing 30, my entire
1: six hours. Lost 151. Was dead broke right i got but i did get a noir card out of it
2: right in which oh, i got
1: this 2011
0: oh shit
2: okay um, the
1: end of 2011 so you know we uh, you know this was all so we had black friday you know and then i this is all the money i had and wow just dark spot. dark you know, time I, I didn't even know where to start i didn't have a fucking quarter i'm like how did i just do this to
0: myself you know, oh, that's one of those ones where you just you literally don't want to wake up. You're so tired, you go to sleep, and when you wake up, you're like, you, you don't even know what to do. You're, yeah, I can't it, away. Who do you text? What do you say? That's like, the only time, by the way, that's the only time I ever played in the pit. I never, I, everybody else, I can name,
1: I, I call it the $25 million club. I mean, there's six people I can name right now, maybe seven that had $25 million that went broke because they were playing in the pit, you so, know. So, but I, they gave me into a WAR card, and I ended up getting about
0: 70,000 in comps back.
1: Until they realized I was never coming back to play, and then they cut me off.
0: They gave you seventy thousand worth of food and shit. Comps, yeah, I mean, like I got uh, a ringside tickets to the Kodo,
1: uh Pacquiao fight. Those are worth like twenty thousand. So
0: uh, it wasn't really like, that bad. It was like you—you you was bad. It was sick, but like you got it's it. Not, was sick, you didn't get the full amount. But I did get
1: back seventy thousand worth of comps before they realized I was ne- not playing anymore. Then they cut me
0: right. Off. I used to I used to uh, play roulette a lot at the Atlantis and same thing every year like because you know the, in January was the Bahamas tournaments and I would get I used to play a l- fair amount but they would send me like five nights at the Cove comp for like every year and I didn't give them really any action like some places don't know how to comp right either or they didn't I think they've yeah. adjusted it, but like yeah there's some value if you're if you're like a D-Gen, but not a super Fuck, sick I to, I got control, this you, can, you know you can help it, you can use it to your advantage a little bit like I was going I was
1: like. Couple of like strippers and shit. I was like, getting rooms and going partying with them and all free
0: everything.
1: And and uh,
0: you, you, lose was, your, you lose your case money, you got no money, but you got you're getting food, dude. It's great, yeah. I, was, I had no money,
1: stuff. like, and the strippers don't know I had no money because I had no, right? Yeah, there's a couple of them that I party with all the time. And next, you know, we're like, we're like, fucking have the these fucking huge fucking suites with bathtubs and this, this, and everything's free. I'm like, you know, so they like. They had no idea I had no money. They just, you know, they were I had some fun times. I mean, I got I got my money. I like I said, I got the money back. Like my cousin and my aunt, my, my cousin and his and his dad. I got them a two-bedroom suite uh at the Aria, with all food included, all shows included, all spas included. That bill was like fifteen thousand one hundred. Um so yeah, I got my I, I got my I got I got seventy grand back and uh fucking sort i listen, ended up getting two hundred and fifty grand back. If I would have won this free roll to this blackjack tournament they put me in, a fucking lady fucking had to hit an 18. I had a 20 made. She had to hit an 18 for her to win the tournament, and fucking she hit a three. I would have won 250000 in the blackjack tournament. So whatever. Then they cut me off of all those tournaments. They cut me off of everything because they realized I
0: wasn't coming back. Milk them, though. You got some serious milk back there. All right, well – that's a that's a wild story uh what's your most remembered hand is there one you were heads up a card away from a bracelet win or some kind of epic I mean, cash I mean, tool, or give me one give me i one. mean uh, must be thousands but the the, the one that devastated me at the great the, the, the one that devastated
1: me the most was without without a doubt 2005 main event everybody was saying i'm gonna win the world series and the only thing i was so focused i was just one hand at a time one day at a time one hand at a time one hour at a time that's all i kept telling myself and when I, uh, I told the SPN, I'm surprised that they never put it out there. But in the interview, I said, the only way I don't win this tournament is if they give me kings versus aces. Fucking hand off the deck, they gave me kings versus aces. And uh, when I flopped that king, it was the first time in my life I thought I was going to win the World Series. Then they turned that third heart. I said, oh, my God, because he had the ace of hearts. And I went back in the corner. I'm telling my friend Matt left with. And they, they burn and turn the river. And he, I thought he said, you got it. But he said he got it. But like somebody was on my podcast the other time and said and the other day, like about two weeks ago, it said, without a doubt, your friend said you got it. I said, I know he said that. He goes, if you listen to the audio, I've never listened to the audio of it. Right. He says, I have listened to the audio and your friend definitely said to you, you got it. Because then I go then I jump up and down as, I, as they're pushing the pot to the other guy. Now, I did rebound in that tournament and get all the chips again, and then I picked Daneman off of the bluff, and, he, and somehow he, he gets there, and that's how I – the only way I could finish ninth in that tournament, I had like one out of –
0: probably one out of 10,000 times. So that was my most disappointing. So, so you actually hit the king, and then he still lost to aces. Who had the aces? Uh, I don't know.
1: I uh, forgot his name, uh, but There's he ended up – Scott? Ended up giving up, yeah, Scott Lazar. And he ended up giving all my chips away which I, I knew he was such a goofball. You know, I knew it's was just so bad. So it's like when, he, when you watch him do that and give all my chips away, it's like it was so
0: – I feel like I always lose to the guy that wins. That's at least nice to be like, all right. But, you know, I don't know what guy. the worst hand you ever took, but the one I watched you take in that fucking
1: last year was the worst one I'd ever seen anybody take.
0: That's a and Tuesday guys, for me. That's a Tuesday. I don't even – That Ace Ace jack, jack versus ace-nine, and the flop came jack. Jack took
1: nine-nine. I think I was like and your video recording and i'm thinking and and it's like you you had the video out i'm thinking like you knew something bad was going to happen right i'm thinking I couldn't believe that you say that happens to you all the time wow. i mean
0: I, look, look, I say it as in all the time because I stream on twitch you know i'm I, oh, you I, play I can, a lot of yeah. playing a lot of tournaments a lot of mtts and and i've i will say this i I don't even like talking like this because i don't want it to negative play. I don't know no what the world we are and no it's whatever yeah. but it's like The Like even I was streaming yesterday and, you know, like crazy shit, like Aces the Kings, King on the River and like massive spots for big knockouts and tournaments like on the river. It's just crazy. But like, you know, it's math and you know, it can happen. But it just when it happens at once or in a big spot, because you're playing $200 tournaments, playing 5k tournaments It happens in like the biggest tournaments and the biggest spots. It just like feels strange, but I'm at peace. I meditate. I'm relaxed. I know that it's all – Yeah, you like, took that so well. Me, if that would
1: have happened to me, ace-jack versus ace-nine, and the flop come fucking jack-deuce-four. I'm just like – and then fucking the nine that, came didn't out.
0: have runners. It was like jack-five-five. You five, had the running nine-nine,
1: right? And, and they come a nine on the turn. And then I remember you pulled out the fucking camera when the nine came on the turn. It's like you felt it. And then fucking
0: boom. Nah, I, I, I just, I feel all this stuff. It wasn't that I thought a bad thing was going to happen. I, I yeah, actually, uh, I'm, the same way, man. I'm very so, positive, but you know what? You just,
1: even though you stay positive, stay positive, you stay positive. Sometimes you just feel like this is something bad is going to happen, you know?
0: And no, I, there's, there's no way you can, you cannot say, look, listen, like, I'll be honest. Cause I've in the past three, four months too, especially with streaming and it's there. Cause it's hard, right? It's not just like by myself. I'm in there. I got x amount of viewers on having good shows and it's tough to like take a nasty beat that you know costs like big money equity and just be like yeah, yeah everything's great like you know it, it's not fun to lose especially when you kind of feel like you get it stolen from you but yeah. it's all part of it like i think it doesn't you know it's about how it's important just like trading or other things if you start yeah. getting upset and i'm so unlucky yeah, and sure. that, like, it's just gonna it's gonna spiral you in other ways i tell people all the time i would like I'm said like- that Easier said yeah, than done. Give, give me a guy
1: with C talent that never fucking deviates from his game over a guy that has an A game that fucking goes off when he fucking loses. I'll take it. Yeah, have a C every day. See, that's why you know we talk about Chip Reese being the best poker player in the world that ever lived. Okay, it wasn't that he had. There was he did not even have close to the best A game. He had a B game, but he had a B, not even a B minus, not even a B plus. It was yeah. a solid that's B Mike. every day, and it never Mike, went. To you know
0: B you know this better than anyone. I play you play in good games. Like you're mentioning these games that are like you would say in Vegas, they're you know, they're like considered whatever. I get to play in good poker games as well. I'll mm-hmm. tell you the I'll tell you poker. You go and start a lineup with these guys who are all like they've played a long time, whether they're good or bad. Their A games are okay, but it's like the guys' games that are their B and C games are so bad they can't so bad. win. That's where it's at. And so, like yourself, myself, our B games. Are like you know, it's very rare you're gonna like really rip off until and go play a 36 hour high and light it on fire. It's like right. you're not gonna do, you're gonna do that once in your lifetime. Where a lot of guys, yeah. you know, that's a Thursday night game. They have a couple of glasses of wine and they're stuck five grand and they're ready to they'll, they'll risk. 50. Well, yeah, it's kind of
1: like like I said to, you know, I don't want to like tell too many people's business, but like after I grenaded a, a hand, it's cost me the Bay 101 last week. You know, uh, Chino did the same. And I finished 15th. He got 13th. And I'd said to Chino, when uh, Mark Newhouse gave me and Chino a ride home, and uh, and I started crying to Chino, not about me, for him. I said, Chino, there's nobody with more talent and no limit holding than you. Nobody. Your results show for it. I said, you want to have a wife and kids? He says, yeah. I said, when are you going to grow the fuck up? quit fucking partying, take shit fucking seriously and fucking and, and move forward in your life it's, you know and I, I love, you know i I kind of like kind of got a piece like about a year and a half two years ago uh, and that's why I'm able to you know to, to to put myself in a position where if I'm homebound here for the next two months i don't have nothing to worry about where a year and a half ago if this happened i, I wouldn't have money to pay my i I wouldn't have money to pay my bills right. you know what i'm saying and 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 it's very important right now to 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 lower the temperature on politics, lower the temperature. You know, there's going to be five months where we could when this is all said and done, where we could throw blame. Well, Whose fault this happened? Who fault this happened? Because we're going to get through it. And when we do, there's going to be a lot, lot of things being said. And there'll be plenty of times. And you could bash Trump. You could bash whoever there's plenty of time. But right now, I mean, I tell people all the time, the people that, that's going to get us through this, the young people are going to have to listen and fucking Trump's going to have to focus and make and not make and make if he makes one mistake, he's finished. And if he fucking gets the country through through it, nobody's going to think of any, all the negative things that happened in the past. I mean, his whole entire presidency depends on the next 6 weeks and right. and the, the state of the country. What the, of the country? covers depends on make it you know like you can all the people trump's not my president well guess what you're tired the whole country is all depending on the decisions he makes in the next six weeks so yes he is your president and you better hope as much as you hate him that he gets us through this because we right. there's i mean he's the guy in charge I mean, I'll,
0: I'll say this the, i gotta say the i mean politics and religion these type of things i don't like to go on because yeah, it's yeah, just yeah. Like, polarizing and and he could really you know everyone's yeah. got their whatever. Honestly. To be right. fair, I don't have enough to sit like same right. thing. I'm I'm into my own world with my family, friends, poker, whatever. Right. I'm not on day to day. I can't even make that informed of statements anyway. Right. Other than what I see, but. You know the fact that he's saying the Chinese virus and like this, like you know, they say, Oh, yeah. like the Spanish flu, they called it back, like, yeah, it yeah. was 100 years ago. Now yeah. it's different, like, he's there's like problems with racism. People, well, getting, he's doing right. that on purpose. There's, see,
1: that the people are uninformed, okay? So, like,
0: no, I like know, not, we're, we're, we're not going
1: to talk right. politics at all, you know, say that, you know, but but CNN called it the Chinese virus, the Chinese Wuhan virus, for three weeks, and and there's all you can look, there's tens of thousands of videos of them doing it, but now. When they, what they did is they started putting propaganda around the world that America and the American troops planted this virus, right? And Trump's like, I won't put up with that, you know? Um, So I'm gonna call it from where it came from China, it's the Chinese fucking virus. It's, you know, me personally, I think he should have kept saying the Wuhan China virus because China and Chinese are two different things. So I wish he would just call it the China virus or the China Wuhan virus because we have a lot of Chinese Americans, but you know what? This is what you have to understand. China's weakness, our weakness is political correctness. So they're trying to divide the country over racism or political correctness by saying this. But there's a lot more because they want they don't want the bottom line is this. There's no two ways about it. And and after this, we're not going to talk politics. China did this to the world. Nobody else did this to the world, but China. That's it. They fucking kept the CDC out. They kept the World Health Organization out. OK, the man who tried to blow the whistle on this, the doctor yeah. that tried to get it out, was fucking was silenced, signed a sign of confession and killed. They can say he died from the virus, but the, him and eight, 17 other doctors that were trying to get the word out are all dead. They were all under the age of 35. I mean, put two and two together. I've seen videos, of the Chinese people shooting people in the streets, all the people who had the virus. They're taking them out of their fucking uh, apartments. I mean, they're a communist regime. They have a dictatorship. They did this to the world. I just hope to God it wasn't on purpose. That's all.
0: Right. All right. Well, yeah. I mean, this is uh, these are yeah. It's intense stuff. Again, I don't. I don't have enough information yeah. or know what to say. Um, let's let's take a few more questions, Mike. And then again, you're gonna yeah. definitely you got We got to put you in the repeat club, man. This is so sure, man. Fun. We could talk forever. Uh, yeah, favorite. God,
1: you, listen, I love to talk. I love to tell stories. I like to talk about. I just talk about the world, like you know. I just I just care. You know things. The thing that changed the most about, like I said, is I, I just care about people so much more than I did before. Like all the poker players, you know, it's all around, you know, playing on the green felt, talking about bad beats, having some drinks. It's just not the real world. Now everybody has to realize now we're in the real world, okay? Now you have to see what's going on. And and like you just said, if, and this is what's been going through my mind too, is, okay, as long as they get that money out, by the end of the week, we're going to be fine. If they don't get that money out and people have to, are starving, that's when things are going to get ugly. And the thing is, in the, yeah, they sent the National Guard to the three biggest cities. I expected them to, I was saying well, they were sending the military to, so I thought for sure they had to send the military I saw to
0: kind the of videos. I don't know if you saw those tanks. They're not videos. real.
1: They're not real. Those okay, are real? But the next, no,
0: but the National Guard
1: are. And, if they do not get the money out by the end of the week, and it's that's when it's gonna start snowballing, and once it starts snowballing, and you gotta have to, you're gonna have to get the military in the streets and martial law and all that shit, I don't believe it's gonna happen. But I also, you know, it, I don't know how to say it anymore. These fucking, I call them all corrupt politicians. They need to just stop fighting, get money out to these people, because people are scared, man. I mean, even people like us, you know, we got anxiety thinking about what's going on. Just imagine people that work paycheck to paycheck and they, and they, the, the food's running out in their house. You see what I'm saying? Yeah, no, that's,
0: that's where it's uh, – you got kids. You got There's no toilet paper. Bare essentials. Right. People don't have like – start. people go crazy. You're stirred up in a house. You can't leave. Right. You can't do whatever. Like you said, the internet goes out. Or overloads. That's oh my get, god. That's if the that's internet. When,
1: like, you know, we're talking about the strain on the internet, and all I keep thinking it's about. It's amazing they
0: it. can support it. Honestly, yeah. if you think about it. How? How yeah, can everyone's the, No one's doing anything but being at home on the internet.
1: All right. If the internet goes out and they don't have the money out by the end of the week, I mean, you're talking about absolute anarchy throughout the world. And um, and and that's why I, I tell everybody: please pray for the country. Please, until the thing is over, stop with the anti-Trump stuff. Because he's the only one that's going to get us fucking through this. If he doesn't, we're all fucked. You know, that's the bottom line. It's like it, 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 somehow, some way, that's why he gets so mad at reporters that are just trying to like say negative things. You know, he's trying to uplift the country. You know, try and say we're going to get through this. You know, and, and right now everybody should have an uplifting message. And uh, I know one thing. It, it, if the country doesn't unite after this, well our country's finished anyways, you know, I mean right. that. I get, mean, together. I
0: mean, Here, get get yeah. you do something good, man. Get your yeah, be positive. Dude, I,
1: I I don't even think left or right politics anymore. All I don't even think about sports. It's only been nine days. All I think about are the people. All that's I think true. about
0: how how you. are we gonna help the people? You know, I mean that me that's right. I have I don't making... talk about content or doing stuff like it's like listen at some point Netflix doing it, you get bored. Like it's good to have Podcast, right. entertainment, do some stuff that's live. No sports. Think about that. It's crazy. People live right. like there's nothing to watch that's like live. The whole way we think about the world is going to be changed forever when this is over. Yeah, it's, whole, uh, it's
2: a whole, I so want to so ask you.
1: All the things that we always thought were important are no longer going to be important. You know, and 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 like I said, it's going to be a good thing. I think. I, I mean, the hatred in the world between different countries or whatever. I mean, it, it's going to change.
0: I mean, it has yeah. to. I mean, yeah, maybe. This is somewhere. like the world has to band together. I mean, it's not just the sure. United States, it's the world. For sure. I'm with you. I, before I forget, Mike, I want to ask you I love Twitch. I stream on Twitch. You do a podcast, you have technology. What are, what are the chances we see the mouth to Twitch to play some online from there?
2: What's, on? Why are you on
0: Twitch? That's a good question. So I, I did get a
1: Twitch account, and I did. I was. I did do a few streams. Uh, I'm really bad with technology, so I don't really actually know how to kind of set it all up. So um, my editor, I, I did. I did a, a stream my WSOP. I didn't even know they had like uh, uh, internet tournaments for WSOP last year. So what's your name uh, on Twitch? Oh, I, I don't even remember. I have to look it up. I have something. Mouth mouse, Mattis, something like that or mouth so uh I, I i could probably get my twitch name or whatever so we started i i and uh, twitch is much better because they don't have all the spam that goes through when you're on when you're uh, uh streaming on youtube you know what i mean so yeah. uh, i streamed I, I streamed like two world series events during the world series last year i had twenty five thousand people watching and i had to pay the whole time 25 grand the whole time which is, that's wow. a lot right
0: that's a lot, is that a lot? Great yeah. It is. Yeah, I, I, w- I, I would. challenge that you had twenty five thousand watching, and not that you. Not because I think you're lying. Because I don't. I think I, that the record. Would I, I, you want to bet ten thousand? I'll show you the fucking. I'll show you the numbers. You had. Well, hold on. Let's clarify the bet. First of all, I don't want to pick you off, so yeah. I don't want to bet ten thousand. I'll bet you a dinner. None of that twenty five thousand, but I had a twenty five thousand at a solid twenty five thousand for the whole tournament. How crazy is that? I'll bet you. I'll bet you a real nice dinner as a friendly bet that you did not have twenty. You're saying you had twenty five thousand concurrent viewers on Twitch.
1: Yeah, no, on my YouTube channel for the World Series of Poker when I, I oh, stream the two World
0: Series events. You had views, twenty five thousand views on YouTube at
1: one time. I, yeah, there, it was solid. It was, it was a solid twenty five. Sometimes it peaked at twenty eight, but it was like a solid twenty five till so I got knocked out of
0: tournament. Both the tournaments. Uh, oh, I couldn't believe it myself. All right, I, that, that's a huge. That's huge numbers, and I'm not. Still we'll had just...
1: that many. Phil had like. Bill had like thirty thousand when he twitched uh, when he did his World Series when he final table won. I
0: think you mean yeah, views are not 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 at one time, but but uh, I'll no, bet. No, no, you- it was one time. It was at one right, time. Bet. You got a bet right now. A uh, nice dinner. dinner like, a nice, nice dinner. dinner. You bet. got it, buddy. A nice one. We got a bet, and I hope yeah. you're right. I root for you. Yeah. I know you got. I see your your video though. I do see it got twenty five thousand views. 45,000 yeah. views, but that's that's total. So I'll I'll I'll, uh, yeah. I'll make it. I'll make a nice reservation for us and uh okay. full date. I want everything. I want to pick up the Uber. That Uber it. for it. It's a bet. Yeah, cause right. I
2: was like,
1: cause I, it was funny. Cause I was asking when I, um,
0: cause when I was starting the podcast and
1: doing, starting the YouTube stuff, I'm like, you no, know, Phil, Phil's like, you know, it's
3: like, All right. he
1: goes, you'll never get as many as Jeff gross. I'm like, fuck, I'll fucking have more than him in a week. You know what I mean? And then I'm like, I have more. And so we, we're, you know, cause we, you know, we always we talk, we talk about you a lot, by the way, you know, and he, I'm like, so then, uh, like he was over and I, I was showing him my podcast numbers. He's like, damn. Right. And then I, I was telling, so Daniel was like, talk about my podcast. I, I, he goes, how many numbers? What do you get on your podcast? And I said, I said, I said, well, I get around, uh, uh, for a normal interview, normal person. I get like 3,500 every week. I said, uh, when I get, uh, you are filling on, I get anywhere between 8,500 and 15,000. And that's like viewing like right away. Now, we also get a lot of people. Now, remember, that's across the uh, you know the iTunes and iPads. I actually get way less on YouTube. You know what I'm saying? I don't know why that is. Uh, but most of the people that watch, listen to the podcast, they listen to it you know, on iTunes or Apple. Who set, up, who
0: set up? Who I see here. Let's just show the viewers again, guys. Mike does have on Podbean, Spotify, Google Play, iTunes. Who, do you, who did you use? You had someone set it all up because I have the Podbean. same. It exact...
1: started with Podbean. Right that's where it started at, and then we had to we had to get everything else to uh i'll tell you what the itunes they're they're a real stiffler man they wanna they want you know you have to write this whole like article about yourself and they have to like approve it and, and it's kind of like fucking kind of stupid you know but um yeah. listen, no, well, that's, well, real, listen. what's real important is i get i need it's real important to get like like you got me on your podcast that's good you know I'll be good ratings and stuff but and and I was getting a lot of good people you know but that's why I wanted to go mainstream because you could only have so many poker players before you have to start getting people well, back I'll on the.
0: I'll tell you what I did the same thing because I, I I have a YouTube channel Jeff Gross Poker, but I want mm-hmm. I started a fully separate Jeff Gross podcast because not because I don't love poke not I want to have a lot of people in poker, but you're right. There's only you know you could do a, a good amount, but at some point if you want if you like podcasting you want to talk to people then you got to branch right. out of just poker. So that's why I, right. and that I, was, I was my that was what I was trying to. That was what I was trying to do when I
1: when I got you know I, I got uh, a couple good baseball players on I uh, uh, got uh, a couple big time political people on and I was like I told my um, my uh, editor that I said we'll be mainstream in a year and we were mainstream in six months and going into twenty twenty I'm gonna pivot really mainstream to a lot bringing on a lot of people pro Trump and anti Trump and that and and that a lot of people. Got really, really rich in 2016. You know, doing a podcast and uh, Periscope's on political stuff. And uh, I just saw, I, I just said, you got to branch out on a podcast, and you got to get a lot of mainstream people. Uh, I've, I've met a lot of really rich people through Phil uh, that talk about, you know, what they do for work. I was going to bring a lot of them on. Uh, I mean, I've got, to, I mean, I've really got a, uh, I had a whole lineup really going into 2020 of some unbelievable people that people would, would be like, there's no way mice got this guy on the podcast, you know. Right. But then then came the, the deal with the casino where they were going to play me a certain amount of money. So they didn't but they didn't want any politics. So I was back I was backing off. And now that deal looks like it's not going to happen. So I'm just and now this fucking the world fucking virus thing. Uh so uh you know it's uh I I I don't I do not want to be anything political during this virus thing going on. So, yeah. you know, the thing that that right now is I want to uh get a lot of poker player guests. There's there's a lot of, that I haven't gotten. Um so I'm going to probably run do probably two podcasts a week, one with guests and another one with uh where I just love I actually love taking live phone calls from all my fans all around the world. That is um, cool. That's a cool it thing. To do. A it really means a lot to me. It makes, puts a smile on their face. You got it a really great means...
0: voice, too, a great, great to, uh, way about you, man. It's, that's nice. It's, you really should. It's, it's fun to do yeah. it. I'm kind of a natural at it. You know, everybody loves my podcast. You know, they like the fact,
1: you know, I, and I'm not trying to toot my horn or nothing, but most people like the fact that I'm genuine. I'm not going to get on a podcast and get up there and try and, hide things it's very people like they're like man you're so open you're so honest you know i'm not in like a competition with anybody but like people say oh you know you know your your video vlogs you're so open honest like they're like daniels is all professionally done or whatever and i'm like they go and they'll be like saying i love the scooter cam i love your honesty i just i just want people to take
0: it to the the heart i like yeah i agree right it's nice. even
1: a a guy i've become really close friends with chad powers was telling me and i had him on the podcast i mean he's a really good guy and he's like man how are you so open i'm like because what if you're not yourself i don't want people to think i'm a fake person you know i want people to know that this is who i am what i what i like to do now everybody knows i got a heart of gold you know and i would never deliberately hurt anybody and uh
0: you know, what's, you know what's nice. You know what's nice about podcasts because listen, you could go back and look at Card Player. I could check an interview. I could Google your name and check you talk about a hand or a tournament run. But you get like two minutes, three minutes, maybe five minutes. But to actually get insight, like someone gets to know you, they can go back and if they if they're a Mike Maddison fan or they want to know more about you, they can look at this and you can you you talk for an hour and a half, two hours with someone, you get a pretty good idea. Of what they're about and who they are, right? So it's nice. Yeah, to absolutely. Go yeah, you you could, you could, you,
2: could, you could tell who
1: who a person you could you can literally uh, kind of like with the postal interview, you know. I, I, listen, I have my own opinion, and once once it once it's all done, I'm gonna I'm gonna come out and say what I have to say, you know. Right. But uh, it's you have to. Uh, it's real important that you that 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 people even with whoever you interview with, then you know right away what kind of person they are after about 30 minutes of talking to them. You should, you yeah. know, it's um, like, it's
0: like a poker table. Same thing. You you could sit down and play for a half hour in a cash game. You got a pretty good you, idea. How a guy's going to play. Is he tight? Yeah. Is he you loose? know, you know, exactly.
1: Even profiling people. And I hate profiling people, but I mean, how many times you sit in a poker game and say, look around the table and okay, that guy's a bad player. That I mean, and, and they, and, and sometimes they're not, but I'd say nine out of 10, they are, you know what right. I'm saying?
3: Yeah, part and if, how you, it is. if you're a good player, in twenty minutes, you should know who the aggressive players are, who the people are going to flip you are, and who the
0: guys that are going to start calling Yeah, Mike, your audio cut out for a bit there, or just how you were talking. But let me let's do two more questions, and then let's make sure we have a, a part two podcast. I think we just got to so do like it. it. Um, yeah, if we're so. Fa- what's your favorite poker hand? Not aces. Give me like a fun. What's your cracker hand? You like to play? that's like the snap. <laughs>
3: For many years, I've always, when people just ask me a question, it would just be aces, right? I think go, would aces, it was Queen 9 suited, right? But now it's not because I've been destroyed. i like about eight times in a row with Queen 10 suited. So that wasn't for many
0: years. You got a new, all right, so you, you, you've abandoned Queen 9 suited. What's your new Queen 9 suited? Give us your, do you have one you like or you just like the big, big, strong? Big black uh, <laughs> in the match. I'm just fucking ace to me. Everything else is. <laughs> I, Everything else is- like that, that, I don't believe If you start
3: fucking playing dog two hands because you want big pops so on you know, eventually that's going to catch it up to you and you realize that hand fucking sucks. Which I yep. was considered for about 10 years, by the
0: way. For sure. All right, I want to take one more question here. What, your thoughts about Gavin Smith? I think he was a good friend of yours. You know him for a long time. Were you shocked by his oh, past? Do you have any insight on on Ernie?
1: Yeah, Gavin? Um, here's the thing that that really got me about Gavin.
3: Okay, and I'm really good. I became friends with his good friend Gina, and we talk a lot. We talk. We play Chinese poker, and we talk once a week. And
1: a year ago, during the, I think it was he died after the last World Series, right? Yeah, yeah it, was, it was in the, the recent, last year, right? Or what? Yeah, and. You know, I heard he got real sick during the World Series and he was in the hospital and they told him if he didn't quit drinking or doing drugs or whatever, he's going to die. And she she told me, and it's really sad, uh, you know, during the the year before Halloween when I met her, she said, uh, if he doesn't quit drinking, doing drugs, he's going to die, you know. And um, he had met this new girl. He had been sober for a while. He was to take taking care of his kids. He met this new girl who got him. He started partying again, and she was trying to get him out of his life, and she couldn't. And um, unfortunately, I get real emotional with this, but unfortunately, he's gone, and
3: you know, and when we're we we're, 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 we're doing the celebration of life for him,
1: um, we're doing the gray gooses and stuff. I'm like, I just told everybody, I'm like, you know, we're celebrating his life with. The exact fucking shit that killed them. I said, I don't want to be at one of these again. I go, and that's why I'm really strong with Chino. That's why I'm really strong with Brandon Cantu. That's why I'm fucking. I call. I call my friends out. I'm like, I'm not gonna be at another Gavin Smith fucking celebration of life because you guys can't quit drinking or
3: partying or doing drugs or whatever. Just wake the fuck up.
1: It's time to wake up. I don't want to be another one. I go, I go, the, the, the thing to learn the most from Gavin Smith is like that. None of us at another celebration for life, like we could have stopped happening. Is that a fair statement?
0: Yeah, no, I, I'm with you. It makes sense. makes a lot yeah. of sense. Yeah. Well, great guy. I mean, I, I, I knew Gavin as well. Not, I'm not sure not as well as you, but just a guy who loved life. So I was always having a good time. Just a fun guy. For he's, sure. a lot, he's so much like me in ways. He's a straight
1: shooter. Like, like, uh, you know, if I misplayed a hand, he'd be like, we all misplay him. Like, don't worry about it. You know, just get in there and focus. Or if I did something wrong, he'd call me out. And I mean, he, he didn't hold anything back. He's like, he was so much like me in that way. You know, he was a straight shooter and um, and it's, it's, it's tragedy that, that I I just want it's if we learn from it and I, we don't have to go to another one of these of a famous poker player. We know then um, you get something good out of it. You know, just like when, Kobe Bryant died, you know, and the whole world was kind of like in mourning. and kind of, kind of brought the country together because we all felt that same pain. Especially me, I was really, cl- you know, close in, with the Lakers and Jerry Boss and everything and all that. But you know, you, you got to look for the good out of things. Um, and uh, with the Gavin's thing, I think, I think you got to look and try and look for the good out of things.
0: For sure, I'm, I'm, I'm definitely with that. Um, let's see, uh, let's take one more question then we're gonna we're gonna roll here Well, oh, actually well do you do you play sports or did you play sports growing up any sports you played uh,
1: baseball and basketball my dad wouldn't let me play football because he had a serious knee injury when he was uh younger um, and so he would never let me play football uh, i wasn't very good uh i was a great bowler great bowler um i uh got a 300 ring on an 800 series and once I got the 300 ring and the 800 series, which is all I ever wanted, I fucking got my rings. I threw, I threw the fucking balling balls down. I never bowled again. I started bowling again. Um, never bowled t- again? till about 2012, okay? But I was struggling. I, th- this is like, a, again, I could tie everything back to the injury and when it happened and how it happened. And when I was bowling, I kept getting this pain in my back. And I and, and I was like well, I didn't understand why, you know. And now I could I I know why I mean everything is now I could I, I could piece the whole puzzle together. You know, even when I did a thing for ESPN where I brought my bowling balls out. I hadn't bowled in like three years, but I was like, my I brought my bowling balls out of them like they wanted me to bowl against Norm Chad or whatever. And I threw like hundred and twenty, right? And all I kept saying I I, I kept saying is like my back it was hurting and I was like it was like really weird. And, um, but I, I, and even after when I was at, uh, 2010 and this was like, a, like about six, 2009, it was like six months after the injury. Cause like, like, I I know exactly when the injury happened now. Um, by the way, it was Antonio and, and, um, Tamblet fault, by the way, but that's okay. I blame, them. I blame them and they, they think I'm joking, but
0: I don't really for blame it. I don't blame-
1: really blame Blitzer. And I blame Antonio. He thinks I'm joking though. For but what? I, I love it.
0: Yeah. Bl- I didn't hear what you said. Blame him for what? Well, here's this. Stu-
1: th- this is the craziest story. I don't even know if I want to go here. So, back in the back in like 2008, okay, we do you remember when we, were used to do, we used to do that. We had like the baseball cards that the poker for poker players, like uh, everybody yeah. was signing baseball cards. And, uh, you know, so we were upstairs for this company, signing all these companies, and then we're playing Laud and says, we're, we're doing all that, this fun stuff. Yeah. Antonio says, Hey, we haven't hung out in a while. He goes, Why don't you come over to my house? My dad's cooking dinner and then we'll go out to a club and hang out i'm like all right sounds fun you know i leave my car to rio we go there and um you know i you'd think a normal person was just that like you'd never met his father never would hang out with you and next thing you know antonio's girlfriend comes over he goes into the room with his girlfriend i'm sitting there by myself with his dad i just met his dad that night i'm like bro
0: that's the man you got yeah bro can yeah he's it.
1: the man he's the man i agree yeah. he is the man you know right. but you know, and so I'm sitting there for like an hour and a half. I'm like, man, this is fucking rude. Why would he leave me out here by myself while he's in his fucking bedroom with his girlfriend, right? And I'm just like, you know me, that am real kick back, whatever. So now, Blitzerian comes over, another person come over, and we we we, we make dinner. And he's like, yeah, Mike, I don't feel like going out to a club. I'm going to pass. I'm like, well, how the fuck am I going to get home? You know, There was no Uber, you know? How do I get back? My car's at the Rio, you know? If you call a taxi cab, it's like, 30 minutes, no matter, even if the taxi is right around the street, it's still 30 minutes. You right, know, people don't remember. Right. We're in this Uber life right now. This is this is 2008. This isn't very long ago, you know? And then Blitzerian goes, well, I'll take you a ride, my race car. I'll drive you back. I don't know if you've seen Blitzerian's race car, right? It's oh, yeah, awesome. No, I've
0: seen it all. He's got some cool... Awesome.
1: Yeah, a yeah, 9-second race car. And I used to own a 10-second race car back in the day when I was growing up in high school and stuff. And so I was like, yeah, all right, that's all good. And I didn't realize that that's when it happened until six months after the surgery, because the doctor said that the, the calcification on the disc was about, was between five and six years old. But then I remember when he hit the gas in the race car, I wasn't fucked. I was, I had the seatbelt on, but I wasn't strapped in yet. And my right. back snapped. Cause it's the only thing that could cause a, 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 um, thoracic spine contusion is some kind of an accident or some kind of, uh, of, of, of something like that on your on your mid back because your your ribs protect your thoracic spine, and uh, I'll never forget. As soon as after he got off the gas, and then he pulled into the, where my car was, I fell out of the seat. I was on the ground screaming at the top of my lungs. It's going like we're just writhing
3: in pain and crying, grabbing right the middle of my back. Right? And I'm like, holy fuck, something's fucked up. Oh my god, oh my god! And all of a sudden, the pain went away, and I never had pain again until. 2014 when criminal chris the guy stole the company from me we were doing a uh, in may of
1: 2014 we were doing a deep stacks poker tour event at the bicycle club casino and a uh, fucking uh the chair i was sitting and just broke and i went straight down and when i went straight down that disc that was already touching my spinal cord but i've never would have had a problem with it went almost severed my spinal cord okay Shit. and I was screaming, grabbing the middle of my back, just like I did with, with when it happened with Blitzer and with the race car, and um, and they're like, "Do you need to go to the hospital? Do you need to go to the doctor?" I'm like, give me a second. Give me... You know, and you're kind of laughing. You know, you fall out of a chair. It's like it's funny. You don't think about falling. You know, chair breaking. You go on the ground, and it's going to paralyze you. You know what I'm saying? Right. And so, Chris Tarina's like i'll call him criminal chris because that's what i call him he's like don't fucking call don't 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 report it it's going to make our company look bad we got a good contract with them so all like the six security guards came around they wanted to file a report they wanted me to go to the doctor the hospital i'm like no no i'm fine i'm fine chris chris talked me into getting a report filed which the bicycle club would have had to pay me minimum of 10 million dollars probably because they're the ones that caused it and um and uh, the next thing you know, my feet were getting numb. Two weeks later, but I thought I just started taking testosterone injections, so I thought I was getting some kind of a reaction from the from the testosterone injections, right? right? Well, yeah. as, as, as it turns out, my feet were getting numb because I was getting par And I and I'll never forget the twenty fourteen World Series of Poker ne- to the day I die. I'll never forget it because I had uh, my the guy who was staking me that. I won $1.2 million for that said he had a million dollars behind me. and I never have to worry about anything the rest of my life. He decided to fucking stake another famous poker player when I told him not to. And that guy lost $2.6 million which is why he ended up cutting me off. But I had to find that out like six months later, by the way. And uh, so I've had a lot of crazy shit happen. Um, but it's just, cra- it's just uh, the fact that uh, that uh, all I had to do is follow a report and the fucking bicycle club would have had to pay for everything. 2014, I had zero cashes. I had zero caches in like 15 tournaments, and uh, I put up 50,000. Jared Blesnik put up 100. I feel terrible because I kept telling him, "I'm like, there's something wrong with me." Like, like when I said "wrong with me," like my brain was oh, wrong. Boy. My little Look son, cute he is? You can do it, buddy.
0: Hey, buddy. Hey. You can do it. He's still alive. Uh, hey. Mikey's got two kids now, right? Uh, three. He just has third boy. Yeah, we're out of his new, got a new place out there in Arizona, and he's got three little ones under four. So yeah, wow. it's, uh, it's a uh, it goes goes real quick, man. It's crazy. What about yeah. you and kids? Sorry, I you I want kids. I want to have kids. You're, you're a young my, buck. You're fifty-two. Yeah, my I
1: got to get my girlfriend to quit hate me, and then well maybe I'll we'll have kids. You know, no, yeah. I I love her to death, man. It's like come on. I mean, I, you know, you know, relationships, you know, they're, 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 they're hard, you know, but I, uh, you know, I, I'm hoping, uh, I'm hoping to have,
0: I hope you do. I hope you do it, bro. It's, it's not, yeah. you not, not even close to too old. It's... Yeah,
1: no, I, I need to have a family like, you know, she's 41, uh, so she doesn't have much time left either. You know, maybe 42, I think she might be now. So, uh, you know, it's, you know, it's real, it's real important to me. You know, so, uh,
0: it's a new age, man. 40 is a new 30. She can don't, don't pigeonhole. She's, you know, she could do it, bro. You could do it. No, no, I know. No, it's like, uh,
1: this is the only thing that goes through my mind every day now is literally I'm grounded. I got my, like, honestly, back in the day, I wanted a hundred million dollars, right? Then I wanted $10 million. Now I just want the fucking 2 million that I had every fucking day for my whole life. You know what I mean? Fuck! I don't even want that. I just want to be debt free with a million. Don't even. I am not even like greedy anymore. You know what I'm trying to say? It's like because I I realize in life, you know, uh, there's so much more than poker and money. And I mean, I've really changed. I'm I'm like a completely different person than I was two years ago. I really mean. I really am. And uh, and I, I I give I give a lot of credit to Helmut that really helped me with my money management because Phil people don't even realize it's like. Phil never plays his own money in poker tournaments. He might, he never does. He puts up like maybe 20% or whatever. And he's got plenty of money. He just, it's not about, you know, it's like, it's not about tournaments. You know, those swings, he's so cute. Yeah, saw, yeah.
0: sorry to interrupt. He, he just, you know. The just swings, right the swings,
1: yeah, the swings in poker tournaments, you know, you could you could, you could, you could, you could go a lot of swings and the swings are brutal in tournament poker. So, you know, it's a. Uh, I just, I figured it all
0: out, man. I just wish I would have figured it out 10 years ago,
1: you know, but that's all good. At least I figured it out.
0: No, it's, know? it's, uh, yeah, for sure. It's, it's true, man. You're, it's good to, it's good to put it all in perspective and, you know, you got to decide if you want to do it or not. I'm sure you have family you have or you have nephews or friends of kids. It's all good, but. Yeah. Kind of, you know, my my
1: cousin, yeah. when I first started dating the girl I'm with, he had a one-year-old now she's fucking eight, you know, and I was expecting to have kids like right away, you know? Uh, but uh, then came the, the the money situation, and then uh, the injury. I mean, my girl's been through hell taking care of me, and I give her a lot of credit for it. You know, I mean, not nobody in the world knows what I've been through. The only one that knows who I've been with the, what I've been through is my girlfriend, and maybe Phil. And other than that, and my best and my best friend Ben. But even he doesn't. Yeah, those three. Other than that, my parents don't even know how what I'm going through. You know, they like, you know, every time I go into like terrible spasms and pains, they're like, like, and I start screaming in pain. They're like, "Are you making this up?" I used, right. I get, I used to before I put this, uh, this here as a spinal cord stimulator. Before they put this in on uh, January nineteenth, uh, two thousand nineteen. I mean, I lived. I used to get these spasms three times a week that. Call intercostal neuralgia I got from the surgery, which was so debilitating. They say the pain's three times worse than childbirth, and I would get those pains three times a week until I got that put in. So that's why I had such a good year this year. Is that uh, I've been able to? Get, I've still got about fifteen percent pain every day, but I mean, right. getting eighty five percent of it was huge. So
0: that's well, I'm glad. I'm let's, look, Mike, you look good. You look healthy. It sounds like you're very happy. I, like I said, I love mm-hmm. love to see you doing the podcast stuff and and being you know, positive and, and doing the right things, man. And uh, I want to wrap it up and, and we'll do a, uh, we're going to do a $55 giveaway courtesy of party poker. We're going to give away a ticket and the mouth. We're going to go ahead and give that to you guys. And then uh, what, what, uh, last thing, someone keeps asking, there's been, you Phil Ivy traveled the world. You guys were full tilt. Do you have any good Ivy stories? Like not anything personal about them, but any like fun time golfing or something? Okay, like I'll, I'll give you, I'll give you one Ivy story. Okay.
1: So like right. every time, okay. So uh, me and Philly used to be really close, right? And so the first time he ever uh, rolled dice, he won eighty five hundred, right? Uh, I fucking screamed at him, "Do not ever play dice again!" I'm like, and I pointed over at T.J. Cloutier. I said, see T.J. over there? All he does is ask every he owes like ten thousand people three hundred bucks, right? Because that's right. What T.J. Did, because that's how he got he just lost all of my funds. I got it control. I would never happen to me, right? you know next thing you know he was a degenerate dice player so every time i walked up to the table he would always seven out right he's like get
3: the fuck out of here mike
1: he's like i'm like i told you like why did you have me come over i'm like i'm the worst so then we we're in this is right after my girl friend that i was with for three years broke up we broke up and this is the first time i had been rich famous and single and that was 2009 and so we were cruising around uh london and we go into the crockford place the place where you know the infamous all that shit happened and uh we go to uh I, had like eight,
0: sure I know what you're referring to honestly i've heard about this sounds familiar sure. that name but no the whole
1: you know the whole you know the whole thing with uh the, the, the crockford sued him for 12 and a half oh, million yes yes, yeah. yes yeah. the, the, that the was, whole thing you know I, the whole, I, bond, the whole so, thing so yeah. we we're, were in the crockford of 2009 and i had 800 euros on me and um and the euro was worth twice as much as the United United regular dollar back then. So, like, if you had a million dollars, it would be like two million euros, you know. So, uh, I had eight hundred euros on me, and feels uh, like Mike. I want you to roll the dice. I'm like, dude, you know, every time I'm in that dice table, you lose. He goes, I got a good feeling. All right, he goes, put your own money up too. So, I take a couple hundred euros, I put it up, whatever. I roll the dice for twenty minutes, and I won. 9,100 euros and Phil won 360,000. So wow. that's, um, that's my good Phil Ivey story after he told me to get the fuck out anytime I got near a poet because I did. I mean, that's why I never got addicted to dice because every time I walk to a dice table, first team, seven out, you know. So if I would have hit, I I, I I look back at it now, like if I would have ran good and rolled for 10, 15 minutes, who knows? I could. I'm a very addictive person. I got addicted to everything. So uh,
0: right. that's why I never got addicted to the pit. So yeah, um, I that's that's smart. Other than your one hundred twenty thousand dollar pie gal, or one hundred fifty one thousand yeah. hour. That's a that's a crazy story, man. Um, yeah, that's really crazy. It's the only time I ever went in the pit since I was twenty one, one time. How was it? Um, that's man. So, but you learned your lesson. You got some good comps out of it as well. Yeah, and you know how you know how I know I got it together.
1: Okay, so we played in a uh hundred two hundred game. Uh, Phil Phil had a bunch of his. Rich friends in town, and I won. I didn't run very good, but I won three grand, right? And I went fifty-fifty with Phil because you know that you know those guys the games plays big, so I won three grand, right? So I got fifteen hundred. So one of his rich friends and him, they wanted to go play baccarat. I never played baccarat, so he's like, he tells me and and and, and Danielle Anderson, like, give me give us fifteen hundred. Well, I'll go fifteen hundred each, right? Because his rich friend wanted to play a thousand a hand, right? And so we we each went fifteen hundred apiece. And we lost and that 1500 bothered me so much, you know, cause I remember how tough it was when I was like living off a hundred bucks a month to eat. Right. You know? And so 10 minutes earlier, I raised the guy made a 3000. I knew he had nothing. I just made it 10. So I made, and the guy snap folded. Right. So I'm still able to play and play poker, but now right. $1,500 means something to me. And that's right. how I know. That's how I know I'm home free. That's how I know I'm home free. Because uh, you you have to get that perspective, and that's what I was able to get.
0: That's awesome. I um, I am. I must say, Mike, this is. Uh, we set some records. I think we set records for questions asked. We also set records for time. This is. Uh, I think two hours and five minutes. We've gone an hour over my record, but it's not an accident. Yours, uh, we could talk forever. Again, you got you just got that. It that says here, ben, I think you might. I think you might be wrong. It says here three hours and twelve minutes. I'm saying my record before was two hours and oh. five. So this is like, uh, oh, okay. this is like I'll, not I'll even break a, all your fucking records, yeah, man. just gonna scoop everything. Um, but we're uh, so we do. I just want to remind everyone we did have a giveaway, and we are going to let me just take a look here. For some reason, this thing is not working, of course. The first time, also a record, first time on the podcast, this doesn't work, but uh, we have a $55 ticket to give away. I'm going to figure this out, and we're gonna there's nowhere to paste it. Usually, we do this and we copy paste the tweet, but it's uh, not look like it's up, but it doesn't matter because we will pick the winner. It's just not going to be, looks like this second. Is there anything? Yeah, I don't know why. Oh, see here. I go here. I copy the link. I go here and there's usually a place you can just paste. And then it, it says, uh gives you the oh, winner. I so can't even
1: copy and paste correctly. My front, my, my editor goes, copy and paste it over to me. I go, how do you yeah, do that?
0: They can't do it either, but we are going to get it. Don't worry. Someone's going to win a $55 ticket. Mike, do you have any... Do you want to leave any closing statement? This is a crazy time in the world with what's going on. Anything you want to say to people out there? I want want everybody that listens to the show
1: to realize two things. A, this is really serious. Stay inside until people tell you. We're sacrificing three weeks of our lives for the sake of all of our countries, not just the United States, wherever you live, Europe, Italy, all over the world. Three weeks of our lives we must sacrifice and hopefully, and I mean this from the bottom of my heart, this, people realize that sports, poker are meaningless. You know, life, life, people, not just, most of us are even, are are, are able to live and not worry about people. All these people in the the service industry that works on tips week to week, all these people like 90% of the country have or 75% of the country that work paycheck to paycheck. I mean, I, I ask everybody to realize and put this into perspective. These are the people we need to care about. These are the people we need to have our hearts and our minds on. Because poker doesn't mean nothing. Sports don't mean nothing. The survival of the world, the country, the it's all, I mean, I can't even believe in 2020 that this is even possible to happen. You know, but it happened and there's nobody to blame. It's, it's happening in every country. You understand? It's not our, just our country. So, you know, stay strong, everybody out there, and really, really try and, and reflect and put things into perspective. I mean, 10 days ago, everybody's lives are are different, right? I mean, the whole way we look at the world is different. And three weeks from now, it's all going to be different. And the whole way we looked at the world over the last, our, our lifetimes, is going to be completely changed forever. Kind of like after 9-11, the, the world was changed forever. The way you're going to, everybody going to. I pray and treat people. It's going to be
0: it. Hopefully it's just going to be better. You know, you know, right. I really mean, that. I, I, yeah, I mean, and it's hopefully this is a once in a lifetime type. We've seen SARS, uh, Ebola, these types of scares. But I mean, for me personally, I don't really remember the details or the, the, uh, the difference. Yeah, so it's, it's, uh it's one of those things where, this is like, like, like you said, but hopefully this is a one in a hundred or once in a lifetime event. This will never happen again. The reason why this will never, ha- there'll be something that just happens again. But the difference
1: is now that this happened in the world, there's going to be like our military silos are going to have 5 million fucking ventilators on the side. They're going to have 50 million test kits for fucking things. They're going to have all these things and be, where our life and our economy will not be changed. You see what I'm trying to say? And and that'll be in every every country. It'll be like that. That's the reason why Japan has
3: not been hit that hard. And even South Korea has been hit hard. They're able to withstand it because they had SARS. See, I, I'm already, I've learned all this just over the last two weeks. You know what I mean? I didn't even I don't even know what SARS was. Fuck, like even the Ebola thing, people were like, we're scared of Ebola. I'm like, I thought it was a joke. You know what I mean? I remember right. playing a series of poker. I guess when the swine flu was going around and. I didn't even know. I you remember. I was telling you, I never watched TV for 25 years, so I had no idea what was going on. I just remember all the fucking hand sanitizer on, on all of the yeah. World Series, and then I remember the next year I asked checking "Where all the hand sanitizer go?" I thought they were just. I, I, I thought they just put that in just to, because it's you know because the World Series because you know how dirty the chips and all of that. So I I look back at it now. But they did that because the swine flu was going around. I, I, I didn't even know what it was. I just remember people talking about pigs flying and causing some virus. and I didn't know it was serious. You know what I mean? And it shut down the whole fucking world. They shut down. You know how bad this is. They're shutting down the fucking world. You know, People need to put that into perspective. They don't shut down the entire fucking world unless they know j- j- just for accidents. You see know what I'm saying? So it's, I think it's, it's probably a hundred times worse than they're telling us. But they can't have people in a panic, and I think that's why they're, they've closed the country down in segments. Now I don't want to cause any fake news or anything because there's a lot of shit, you know, going around a lot of bad
0: information. Your mic, your me. mic got cut up again. Yeah. Uh, can you hear me? Uh, yeah, it's just kind of muffled, but it, goes yeah, in no, it,
3: it does in the corner of my bed all the time, but I have to have it plugged in because my phone's almost dead.
0: Oh, okay. Sure. Uh, yeah. Yeah.
3: But um, yeah. So uh. uh you know, it's uh, it's, it's just we, you know, it is what it is, and um, I, I mean, it just has to make you strong. I mean, if I don't think about sports, and I don't think about politics, and I don't think about poker, and all I'm thinking about is people and the world, and I mean, I, I'm sure that you you feel the same. I mean, a lot. I mean, if, if you're not thinking about that, then you know, you have to. have a, If you have a good heart, you're thinking about, you know, and we don't know like the next three to six weeks. We don't, we don't know what's going to happen. You know, what I'm saying we don't i mean like you just like you said earlier we don't we don't know if, if, if people are going to get this money on time people are going to go take it on the streets you know uh luckily we don't live in, i don't live in california i don't know where you live but in california they they stop letting people buy guns i mean so you got a country on lockdown people with no money you can't buy guns there's a recipe for a fucking disaster you see what i'm saying
0: right. yeah it's, so, that's bizarre too because that's like then people have guns if you don't have one now it's like and if the if like you feel like you need one and you can't get one it's just like that's it's a lot of uh, it's a lot of anxious, anxious uncertainty, a man. lot of anxiety. And so, you know, I, I, I'm hoping
1: you know, I see that, you know, I, I, I told people a week ago, I'm like, there's like no chance you can shut down the country and not have the military patrolling the fucking streets. If if the country's going to be shut down, like I know Trump said 15 days, but it's going to be a month. And that's and and they're gonna have to get money to the people. And people right now, even the criminals are scared to go out, right? But in yeah. two weeks it won't be that way. And so they have to fucking stop the political and get this money out to people, and, and uh hopefully everybody'll band together and uh and realize yeah. how serious let's, it,
0: let's come city. through this stronger and you know let's do your part. Remember the biggest thing I like to say is that remember. If you are healthy and you're young or whatever, you can give it to people that aren't. So like e- even if we right. we might all get it, 60 70% might get it, it doesn't mean right. you need to go and do it. You know, be be smart about who you're interacting with. Social distancing for right now. Let's get yeah. this a couple hey, so weeks. Listen
1: 150 million 150 million people are going to get it, right? We just can't get let more than fucking we can't let more than 3 million people at once have it. That's the bottom line. As long as no more than three million people at once have it, we're going to be fine. Because ten percent of the people who get it get have to be hospitalized. It's going to need three hundred thousand beds. There's already six hundred thousand people occupying beds throughout the country. You see what I'm saying? That, right. That's why they're building all the and, and because I knew that we all knew the outbreak in New York had to be the worst because eight million people in a city half the size of Las Vegas. You know, it's just it, it, it they're all on top of each other, so it's good. It has right. to be
2: issue.
1: So they've already built like 5,000 beds and they're, they're getting, you know, the country's banding together right now. And I just, man, like everything I thought that was so important three weeks ago, it's just, just not, you know? Right.
0: Yeah. That's it's a perspective shift. It's one of those things that just kind of jolts you. So, well, Mike, Mm -hmm. I appreciate it. We're going to do a $55 retweet. I think we did end up finding a, uh, a way to do this because this other one wasn't working, but I'm going to tell you, Hopefully this works. So you tell me when someone's going to a fifty five dollar ticket courtesy of okay. Party Poker. You tell me on your count someone's going to win this ticket. I think. Right. So you tell me when. Mm, now. Now here we go. Someone is supposedly winning. There it is. Uh, Romy Kim got a fifty five dollar ticket courtesy of Party Poker and Mike the Mouth the Matisau. Mike, thank you so much, man. Three hours twenty two minutes in the books. You Definitely. Got it do this again, man. I'm, I'm telling you, this was great. I appreciate it. Stay safe out there and let's, uh, let's link up soon. We got it, man. And tell all your listeners, man,
1: when they're not listening to the Jeff Gross podcast, check out
0: the Mouthpiece podcast. It's a lot of fun. There it is, the Mouthpiece podcast. Check it out on YouTube, Podbean, Apple, iTunes, the whole works. Mike, you're a legend. Thank you for coming on, man. Really appreciate you're the man, it. you man, And we'll see you soon, bro. Cheers. You got it, buddy. Stay safe, man. Yeah. You Take too. Care. Good job. To Bye. Later. Thanks for listening to this episode. It was brought to you in partnership with Party Poker. Go to PartyPoker.com to play tournaments, cash games, and improve your poker game. Make sure you subscribe to the podcast to hear all of my future episodes.